Now it's time for my story. My story deals with a man who used to live in that old dilapidated house behind those trees. We're not supposed to be this close to it because uh, many strange things happen around here. He was a farmer with his family, wife and two children. He was an evil man. Ugly and mean. He beat his wife. He brutally punished his children. He'd drink at the tavern and <laughs> fight all the time. He once had a piece of his nose bitten off in a brawl and didn't feel a thing. It was a night like tonight. Many, many years ago. Wait a minute. Now that I think about it, it was the same night as tonight. The woods, quiet and dark. The farmer, for no apparent reason, went stark, raving mad. Walked into his bedroom with an axe in his hand and chopped his sleeping wife into little pieces. Then, with his bloodlust awakened, he walked down the hall to his son's room and took an axe to him. And he still wasn't finished. He walked across the hall to his daughter's room and, without so much as a word, he chopped her into little pieces too. Then. He calmly walked into the tavern, lifted the bloody axe onto the bar, and ordered himself a beer. Well, it wasn't long before the town found out what happened, and when it did, it was all over for the mad farmer, or so they thought. Ten men jumped him and dragged him screaming to the nearest tree, where they quickly looped a thick rope around his neck and hoisted him high into the air. One of them grabbed the bloody axe and swung it at the farmer's head, leaving a deep, bloody gash on the side of his face. They left him there, hanging for dead. Next morning, when they went to cut him down, he was gone. It was then they noticed the bodies of his wife and children were missing, and their bodies have never been found. Oh, Max, come on. How could their bodies never be found? I mean, where could they be? I don't know, Richie. All I do know is that on certain nights when the moon is full, he's out there stalking in the woods, searching for people so he can chop their heads off with an axe or hang them from a tree. Is he trying to be funny or something? What's this farmer's name anyway? Richie, I have a good reason I haven't told you his name. A very good reason. You see, it is said also that if you say his name above a whisper in the woods, he will hear you because he can be anywhere, anytime. And if he hears you call his name, he'll come for you. And if he comes for you, he'll get you. One by one, you'll start to fall before night's over. I'll get you all. His name is Madman Ma.
Welcome to this bonus episode of the Movie Clinic Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, David, and this is my wife, Sherry. And on this episode, we'll be covering the film Madman from 1981 in our second part of our Slasher Film Month here in Slasher September. I guess a little bit before we get started, the reason I picked this movie is because the previous film we did, Child's Play, was one that has multiple sequels and things like that. It's more of a franchise. And the reason I kind of decided to do this one is because this is a film that I'm surprised didn't have any sequels. This was this is what we call just a one-off, you know, as far as the slasher film series. And at the end of the podcast, I'll give you three other recommendations for other ones that are similar to this. But I guess with that being said, uh, we will go into our histories with the movie, and I will let Sherry jump into hers first. Uh, I just watched it for the podcast. You you hadn't seen this one at all. Nope. You know, yeah, because I knew you said your older sister liked to watch these kinds of movies. I, I don't know remember you, her ever watching this. Never seen mm-hmm. this at all. And the first time I watched it, I had a hard time staying awake. Oh, yeah, that was one of them nights where, yeah, you didn't get much sleep the night before when you was trying to watch it. Yeah, yeah, I remember that. But so your history is very brief right there. Yours are out of the way. I guess I'll jump into mine. This is one I remember watching in the drive-in theater when I was a little kid. I can't remember specifically the time. I do remember it was cold weather out because I remember us being in blankets in the seat. And I was maybe 10 years old, roughly, maybe 9 or 10 years old. I couldn't tell you what the previous feature was. It was a part of a double feature, and I remember there was one film on before this one, but I can't remember what that one was. But I remember this is the one I wanted to see because I remember mm-hmm. the uh, ads in the newspaper for it. I don't know. Naturally, I loved it. It was a horror movie. It was a slasher movie, and I was big into those at the time already due to Friday the 13th and things like that. And this one right here definitely scratched that itch. Over the years, I remember I owned a videotape of this for a long time until the tape snapped, which upset me to no end because it was this nice little clamshell case, you know, with a videotape in it. And I remember watching it one day and then the tape just snapped. No, no. And up until the the DVD came out, you know, I think Anchor Bay put it out, I couldn't find this movie for a long time. Wow. Because it was just, you know, nobody had the rights to it. Nobody had put it out. Like I said, I mean, I'm going to go into my thoughts on it after it's all said and done but to spoil my review my review of this is going to be pretty positive for a slasher movie that's for sure but with that what we're going to do here is we're going to drop a trailer in here and then we'll get into the cast and crew and then the plot breakdown many strange things happen around here there is a tale. It was a night like tonight, many years ago. There is a legend. If you say his name above a whisper, he'll get you. There is a warning. On certain nights, when the moon is full, he's out there stalking in the woods. There is a madman. His name is Mars. Mad. Man. Mars. Mars! Madman Mars! Get us, Madman! Don't you realize 
otherwise you're fooling with things beyond your control? Okay, and Madman, 1981. And I, we're going to start off here, and I'm going to let everybody know, this movie was, I think, what you call a non-union shoot. Okay. And a lot of these uh, actors and actresses, this is a film, they probably didn't, they didn't do much of anything after this. Like Cruel Jaws. <laughs> yeah, like Cruel Jaws. There we go. Yeah, go back to our Cruel Jaws episode. Very similar. <laughs> So this is what this uh, cast and crew thing is going to be here because for the most part, it's very little to nothing for some of the, like most of these people. With that, uh, starting here, we're going to go into director, I think it's Joe Giannani. And outside of Madman, he didn't direct anything. The only thing he was in is he was, a, or he did of note, was he was the assistant director on Clonus, uh, the Clonus Horror, which is a film that was on Mystery Science Theater a film that they actually sued the film called the island it was scarlett johansson and ewan mcgregor it was a clone movie and oh. basically the island i think is what the name of that movie was they ripped off clonus and they got sued for it but that's really the only thing of note that he did well there's something on the imdb in 2001 he did the wind he was a producer oh he was a producer it's like a native american movie yeah i've never heard of it I mean, Rated 2.9. Oh, that's not good. And then American Playhouse, a TV series. He did one episode in 1984. Oh, okay. So he did a little bit of TV stuff, mm -hmm. too. Okay. 7.3 on that rating. Oh, okay. Well, that, that's, a, that's a lot better than a 2.9. That's for sure. <laughs> yeah, I mean, as I said, I mean, uh, Madman, for, as far as for his horror for uh, film career, was basically a one and done. And uh, he uh, passed away in 2006. Next, where we're going to probably come to the most well-known person in this uh, um, film, that's Galen Ross, who goes by the name of Alexis Durbin in this film. Due to, I guess, since this is non-union, she had to use a different name. She plays the character of Betsy in this film. Yeah. Outside of this movie, you will know her from Creepshow. Is she in that? She was um, Ted Danson's... And the Leslie Nielsen one, the the woman she, who was the woman who was had her head where she drowned, she was her. Oh, okay. Yeah, she was in she that. Look the same. If you sit there and watch the video, where he, he has Ted Danson watching the that's her on the video. Mm. And she was in, of course, the most famous film she was in was Dawn of the Dead from George Romero. And uh, she doesn't really act anymore for the most part. She's more of a documentary filmmaker now. And she, you know, these some very uh, prestigious uh, documentaries and stuff like mm -hmm. that that won awards. So I guess mainly, you know, I guess the acting thing wasn't for her. So she just kind of moved into that and has apparently carved out a pretty good little career for herself. And uh, next we go to Tony Fish, which I think is another fake name. I can't remember what his real name is. And this is uh, the character of TP in the film. This is it. Outside of a little brief appearance and little documentary, that's this is all he did, uh, one and done. And he passed away in 2009 at the age of 51. 
Yeah, I think he... Non-Hodgkin's lymphoma. Lymphoma, yeah. So he passed away very young. Wow. Next, we go to Frederick Newman as Max. One of the villains of the film, uh, which I'll get into here in a little bit. (laughs) Uh, That's the way I kind of look at it. But he um, has appeared in such films as Prince of Tides, Reversal of Fortune, Working Girl, and Working Girls. And he passed away in 2012. And next, we have Harriet Bass, which, like I said, I'm sure many of these names are fake names. But And she played Stacy. And the only credit I could find for her is like a short kind of thing called Empty Bed. That was it. And Pushing Hands, 1991. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah, I didn't see that one. I was kind of trying to dig up things for some of these online, see if I could find, dig around and see, but no, not much of anything. <laughs> and I guess she was another one of them, I guess, like you was talking about Cruel Jaws. You know, <laughs> there was just some of them that just, eh, eh it's, you know, one hey, you want to be in this movie? No, cool. Yeah, you want to be in Cruel Jaws? <laughs> like, yeah, why not? Which I would have did that too. I like, yeah, I'll be in Cruel Jaws. Next, we have Seth Jones as Dave, and he's had like little small roles and things like called in Big Night and White Hot. Like I said, not much from him either. But I'm a cheerleader in 1999. Mm. I mean, it's just as I said. I mean, just yet another one. Not hardly anything uh, on their credits. And next, we go to Jan Clare as Ellie. Yeah. Yeah, I'll get into her later. Yeah, I'll get into her later. Uh, She was in period in such things, I think, like Third Rock from the Sun, Voyager, and King of Queens. So she did a little bit of TV stuff here and there, but not anything really substantial. Then we move into Alex Murphy as Bill. And he just mainly, I think he did one episode of The Equalizer in the 80s, and then just some little short films, and that's pretty much it for him too. And finally, I guess we go to... Well, spoiler alert, this is our final girl of the film. Tom Candela is Richie, and he appeared as Sailor Number 2 in Night Shift and a few other little extra credits. How can you be a final girl if you're not a girl? Yeah, because, yeah, he's a final girl. He's the only one that survived, technically. I forgot about him yeah. when I was doing my notes because I called her my, the final girl. Yeah. I forgot about him. Yeah, because he's the only one that technically survives because he's roaming around the woods and he's technically the final girl, I guess you could say. (laughs) Even though they didn't have that trope, I think, at the time this one was made. Finally, we have Paul Ehlers as Madman Mars. And he's only maybe appeared in a few little short things like Nowhere Mary, Static, and one called Stash. These are just like little, I guess, little short films that were made, various things. Mainly, if you run into him, I think if he's still at the convention circuits and stuff, he's kind of known for making fantasy knives and fantasy swords and things like that that you can buy from him and stuff like that. And, cool. Yeah, and, you know, if you get his autograph, hell, you can go buy a sword from him, too, if you want to. He's 6'5". That's one of the reasons he got the part. The original guy that was playing uh, Madman Mars dropped out. I think Paul Ellers was one of the people who was hired to do some of this uh, stuff, I guess what you'd say. They had to paint leaves in this movie to make it look like it was summer or some more summer months Mm. for some reason. I'm not really sure why. Didn't they do that in Rad? Yes, I want to say you're correct Mm -hmm. on that. 
when the guy for playing Mars dropped out, they noticed uh, Paul Ellers there, you know, doing some stuff. They said, well, hell, he's a big guy. He's about 6'5 <laughs> or so. Hell, let's get him to do it. And you look like a madman. So let's uh, get him in there. So I think that was really how he got the part, really. He just wow. was a last minute, you know, drop in for it. But do you have anything else you want to say about anybody in the caster? No. Okay. We can't, I mean, Dippy wasn't in it long enough. No, I didn't even put Dippy down. Even though Dippy was my favorite character. Dippy had two scenes, <laughs> I think, and that was it, really. I just like saying Dippy. Yeah, I like saying Dippy, but yeah. Uh, Dippy was in and out pretty quick in this movie. <laughs> but I guess with that, we will uh, jump in and we uh, go over our credits. Then we uh, fade into a group that's sitting around a campfire. Well, before that, the title, I... From the first moment, I was like, this movie's going to be serious with this music. Yeah. And then I like the title page with all the red and black. Yeah, yeah. That's really cool. Yeah. It's almost like art. Oh, yeah. I like that one, too. And then you get like a type text before you do that. Oh, I forgot to write that down. It says it all started during a campfire in North Sea Cottages, a special retreat for gifted children. And then we move to the scene where yeah. it's a group of people sitting around a campfire. And we have our character TP going around singing this song. It's almost like the madman kind of ballad. Creepy. Well, I was going to actually have you sing that at the end of the episode. Mm. So uh, get get it together so at the end of the episode you can sing it over us. I wouldn't be scared of the song he was singing. I'd be scared of how weird he is when he's singing this thing. Well, I think that's the whole point of trying to creep people out. You know, kind of set the stage for what we're about to have in a with max here shortly but the one thing that i found interesting about this is as he's singing we're getting flash forwards to things that happen later on in the film different scenes of different ones he comes he goes to each person yeah yeah. he's just going around the group just singing in their face being weird and first of all i call him toilet paper yeah, TP. TP, yeah and he just each time he gets next to a person it shows a scene of them like falling or running or whatever mm-hmm. it is. Yeah, and I thought that was an interesting choice. I don't know if it, if the director was trying to, you know, prim, like a premonition of their own deaths or something like that. Mm-hmm. I wasn't really sure. But I'll say that was an interesting choice. Yeah, and he chooses to end his song with scaring a little girl. Yeah, well, well that kind of plays into something that happens here in a little bit. Mm-hmm. But then uh, Max, like I said... Um, he decides, you know, okay, now I'm going to tell you a story about, you a know, farmer. a farmer around here called Madman Mars. Well, he doesn't say his name at first. Or, yeah, he doesn't say the name. Because there's a reason why you can't. Yeah, there's a reason why you can't. And he talks about how, you know, he was like a mean man. Well, this is what I wrote. A farmer that lived in a house close to the spot they're at. He says they're not supposed to be close to that house. He says many strange things happen around there. And it starts showing a scene of a man's legs moving through a house. Max says this farmer lived in a house with his wife and two children. And that this man was mean and ugly. He beat his wife and brutally punished his children. Once he had his nose bitten off in a brawl and it didn't even affect him. And I think Max says uh, something happened one night or one and the farmer just went mad and then he goes into uh, the first room i think his wife or whatever and chops her head off with an axe 
which is pretty the one thing i like about these kills is they're very quick yeah. but they're very brutal brutal and yeah. effective and then mars walks into children's rooms and he just raises the axe and then just chops their heads off yeah and the town found out that he killed his family well yeah max says that after he done it he gone he went back to the local tavern and put his uh, axe on the bar and ordered a beer you know and a mob came after him yeah and the mob came after him and they subdued him and they hung him up by a rope and mm -hmm. one person up uh, and planned the axe into mars's head leaving a bloody gash yeah and they left him there to die yeah then they come back the next day and he was gone he was gone and his the bodies of his family were gone never been found which at the end it wouldn't have been too hard to find them because they were in the basement spoiler alert yeah but you know my question about this too is they're very close to this house and i imagine this kind of camp thing has went on for a long time why didn't madman mars come yeah he does several things in this movie don't make sense yeah okay but yeah. i was just curious about that and everybody asks well what was his name who is it and max says well you can't speak his name above a whisper because if he hears you he will come and get you basically and then yeah. everybody's like finally like well what's his name what's his name and then max just kind of leans in everybody says his name is madman mars you didn't talk about richie standing up yeah well i was gonna get to richie right now because almost there's one the character richie is standing there the whole time and it always makes me wonder if him and max were kind of in on this because you notice they kind of keep looking out back at each other a little bit oh i didn't notice and you know <laughs> i think they were just kind of you know wanting to add a little bit extra to the scary story because as richie's listening to this he kind of just stands up and he says oh really you know and he's like he yells out in mars you know madman mars and he picks up a rock and then throws it and did you see there's no way he threw this rock and it hit in that window like that no no no. they're like in the middle of the woods well allegedly this house is supposed to be no right there <laughs> No but, but to me, he had to throw on this rock at least a mile. And I know he didn't do that. I was like, what? So the geography of this scene doesn't work right, if you really think about it. And then Max is like, well, Richie, you've done it now. And he says, just, you know, then Max just yells out, Mars, don't come. He didn't mean you no harm. He's just a dumb kid, basically. Yeah, and he says, you know, he'll come for you in the woods. And he says, you won't hear him or see him. You'll just smell death. Yeah, you know, there'll be like a smell, and uh -huh. then then chop, there goes your head off with an axe. Max then just smiles and says, I hope you enjoyed my story. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> just like a little campfire story, which is really what this movie is, technically. Yes. This movie's just uh -huh. like one of these little campfire stories you tell to people, you know, at a camp late at night. It almost gives me like the feeling of a folklore story. Yeah, yeah. Kind of the way it's told. Yeah, and then uh, Max says that... This is basically their last uh, weekend there, you know, and everybody be going back home, you know, like before Thanksgiving. But, it, yeah, the last weekend before Thanksgiving and his winter vacation down south. So, yeah, he's going to be going down south yeah. for winter vacation, I guess. I guess they're shut down till first of the year, I guess. Yeah. So this is a camp for gifted kids. Okay, so they have camp basically all year round. I don't know. I, I never could put a bead on what this <laughs> camp was. Because I know that at times when I heard they was talking about like painting the leaves and stuff, 
I was like, well, they're trying to make it seem like it's more warm outside. Summer, yeah. But then everybody's breath is out there. and they you got sweaters sit, And on. they got sweaters on, so they're cold. I never could quite get a bead on exactly what this was supposed to be. I had almost assumed that this was like a weekend camp that they had for gifted kids. But he mentions Thanksgiving, so it must be winter. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking, too. So I never could quite get the stuff nailed down for this. Yeah, and he says he enjoyed their company, and he points out that there's a few, I think it's the boys. Yeah. He wants them to put the fire out. Yeah, get it, get everything situated and get the fires and out. And the rest of the group need to you know, head back to the, yeah. the main bungalows or whatever they call them. Yeah, and then there's this one little girl who's with uh, Betsy, and she you know, asks about Mars, and Betsy's just like, oh, don't worry about that. It's just like a story it might as well tell just to real. scare you. And she's, you know, she says, so no one's going to come and chop my head off. And she's like, no, 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 don't worry about it. I said in my notes, okay, just remember, you told that little girl she's not going to get hacked up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And well, technically she's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah she isn't going to. And then we cut to a scene, you know, little girl goes over with her group and everything. And then TP kind of comes up to Betsy trying to, I guess, put the moves on her. Yeah, he says, same time tonight. She says, well, isn't it the brave man that scares little girls? Needless to say, uh, the cold shoulder is, is, uh, is coming here. Yeah, these two don't make sense. They play on like a much bigger story between them than we ever get into. Yeah. And he asked her, what's the matter? And she says, you scared all those kids to death. And he says, it's all in fun. They all enjoyed it. And then he asked her again about tonight. And she pretty much tells him not tonight and starts to walk off. And he grabs her by the arm and he says, we don't have many nights left. And she says that they have the rest of their lives. And he says, you know you won't want to see me when we go back to the city. Oh, I thought they were together. I always kind of gathered that they just kind on of and on or, and off kind of thing. Yeah. Or they only seen each other when they were at the camp or yeah. something like that or something like that. That was kind of what I gathered from that. But I'm not, you know, that's, that's left a little vague too. And Betsy says she's not good at saying goodbye. They're about to get in a little scuffle. Yeah, and then this is when her character Stacy comes up and basically kind of breaks things up a little bit. She said, y'all are, y'all are acting a fool in front of everybody. Yeah, making a scene here. Then it just kind of breaks everything up. Betsy goes over there with the other kids and everything. And she just basically tells uh, TP to just let her go. She asked him, do you ever give up? And he says, what's that supposed to mean? And she says, give Betsy room to make up her own mind. And she says the biggest test of love is letting go and not hanging on. Stacy's so wise. Yeah, she's very Yoda. I learned so much from Stacy. Yeah, this yeah, Stacy. She's like the Yoda of the camp. TP starts bossing the guys around to put the fire out. Yeah, and get everything squared away to get that out. And then uh, TP just gets all the guys. Says, "Okay," kind of starts to lead them back into camp, single In a file. Weird march. Yeah, it's almost like a military march. And as they're going back. Richie is like bringing up the rear. Well, it first shows Max leading the first part of the group. Oh, yeah, yeah. All everybody else is already ahead. So they're ahead. So they're way ahead. Richie's in the back of the line, the boys' line. He looks up in the trees and he sees an outline of someone standing in the trees. Yeah, it's like his silhouette. Creepy. You see his hair blowing and everything. It's like, it's a very creepy looking shot. Very creepy. Yeah. He just notices this and he kind of starts to fall back behind then he looks and he sees whatever it is getting out of the tree and he just falls back then richie just 
walks up and he kind of follows this uh, person to the Mars house. And then we go inside the house and then we see this grubby looking hand in there. He's lighting candles, doing this kind of thing. Richie comes on in the house. Richie just walks right in. I'm Not, like, what are you doing? Doesn't knock or anything. He just walks right in. You don't know what this person, or I guess you might as well say this is Mars in the house. He's just like, you don't know what he's doing there in the basement. He's doing something down there. It's a cellar. Comes up out of the cellar door oh, from cellar the door. outside. Yeah, cellar yeah. door. Yeah, that makes sense. I kept going back between cellar and basement. Yeah. He goes downstairs. I guess it's yeah. out of the way. It's, yeah. yeah. It's downstairs. And then shortly after that, Mars just puts out the candle with his hand, and then he just goes out of the house. He didn't get an axe, didn't he? No, he didn't have one. Oh, not yet. No, not yet. We'll get to that later on. The camp, all the guys are back, you know, at the camp, and uh, TP basically tells them to get their stuff squared away and packed up because, you know, they're going to be headed out in the morning. And Stacy goes to Betsy's, uh, I guess it's Betsy's cabin. Yeah, TP's kind of standing outside watching her go visit Betsy in her bungalow. Yeah. I guess he's attempting to give her her space, I guess. Or he's mad at Stacy for getting in his way of pressuring Betsy for whatever the hell he's wanting. I don't know. He walks off. They're just talking about how the end of the season here, you know, how things get really quiet, I guess, you know, since most, I guess most everybody's already gone and there are just a few of them left there to kind of get things squared mm-hmm. away. Betsy just basically says she isn't sure if she will see uh, TP after they get back to the city. Yeah, Stacy's like, he never lets go, does he? Yeah. And Betsy's like, no, he doesn't. Stacy asked Betsy if she's going to see him in town and Betsy says she doesn't know that she needs breathing room. Stacy says she's glad that Betsy recognizes the signs of a possessive man. They have like a big red light screwed in their forehead that says beware. Stacy has a point. Well, yeah. Instead of a red flag, it's a red light. Yes. Yeah, yeah. It's a red flashlight. Yeah. In this movie. Stacy's kind of speaking truths here to a certain degree. Betsy's like she does like things about him that when they're alone he's soft and tender well she said he's a good guy he's just very possessive yeah you know i mean you know he's not he's not a complete creep i guess is you know what she's trying to say i guess what is it she kind of said bessie just says guys pursue you but ones that get you they don't want you yeah they you throw know, you away yeah they throw you away once they get you stacy you know. says she's looking for one man to settle down with and Betsy asked her, do you have anybody in mind? And she says, a few guys. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm like, one, but you got a few guys. Well, she's got a few, a few on the hook. She's got to narrow them down. Yeah, she got to narrow them down. she got a few on the hook there. She's deciding <laughs> which one she wants to keep. Betsy thanks Stacy for being a shoulder to cry on. Hopefully they'll see each other back in the city. Yeah, yeah. Stacy says she doesn't have any women friends. And I will say, she says something later on. That tells me why she has no women friends. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Do you know what I'm talking about? I think so. We'll get to that. Betsy tells her, give her her number in the city so they can keep in touch. Yeah, yeah. And Stacy leaves. Because they need to get ready, you know, get the mm-hmm. cleanup done soon. Yep. And then we cut outside to what we call Axe Caliber. <laughs> and what we have here is there's an axe and a stump outside. And Max and TP are out there. And TP can't pull this axe out of the stump. And I think it's basically this whole thing. And Max is like, you know, if you can pull this axe out of stump, you get a hundred bucks. Yeah. Well, TP asked Max if it's offered for a hundred dollars to anyone that can get the axe out of the log. If it still stands and Max says yes. 
And TP starts to try to get the axe out. I guess if that's what you call it. He he didn't try very hard, in my opinion. But he was pulling. He yanked uh, on it a couple times, and then he's like, eh, help me. And then him and Max start to try to pull on it, and nothing. And then I think this is about the point where we see uh, Zippy the cook there. He's just kind of standing there watching on do is. But before that, you get an explanation of why TP is the way he is. Oh, yeah. Well, you get it right here after Yeah, he, he... talks about he doesn't like losing. Well, it's after they give up. Yeah. Because him and Max just can't get it out. Max, you know, just says, oh, it's just, I hope, you know, it's mm. another day. Yeah, then TP, where he's like, basically like, it wants to be a winner. Oh, really? He says something that's like, <clears throat> play hard to win. He says... Max says, play the game with a fair heart and you'll always be able yeah. to look yourself in the face. Yes. They continue to try to get this axe out, which Dippy never comes over and helps them. No, Dippy's Because he's sta- drunk. Dippy's standing there with a bottle of Jack Daniels just yeah. watching them, basically. And then I don't really think TP's listening to Max. He's no. just kind of like, I've got to get this axe out because I can't lose. You know, kind of. And then I think Max says, if you play too hard, you might not like who you become. There you go. Yeah, I was having Sabrina issue notes yet again, so some of my notes got a little sketchy here. TP says, what you become is a winner. Yeah. so oh, he's already getting on my nerves. So TP's one of these guys who's got to be perfect right. at everything yeah. and, and a winner at everything. He's yeah. like missing the whole point of the conversation. Then we see Stacy is out there. I guess she's got like a flute that she's playing. Before that. She comes out and wakes Dippy up. Well, that's what I had after that. Because she's she's playing a flute and then uh, Zippy's there sleeping with an empty bottle of Jack Daniels on him. And she kind of leans down to him and kind of wakes him up. further way further down. Oh, okay. Now, let me ask you this thing. Because of my accident with Nightbreed, there was two discs in this thing. Yeah. I watched the second side. Is that wrong? Did I do it again? I don't think so. Not that I'm Is the other one like the special features and all? Uh, that I'm not sure. I think you watched the right one. No, well, what did you have after the thing with TP and everything? What did you have before that with the Where flute? Dippy goes back inside and he's opening a door and it's like really dark in there. Yeah. And he turns the light on and, and Madman's there and kills him. Slashes well, him on the neck. Well, the strange thing about that is how would he be killed... And then sleeping in the chair when Stacy comes up there with the bottle of Jack Daniels. No, that was after that. He's like, oh. Stacy comes up to Dippy and tells him his bottle's empty. Then she walks up, off. He goes inside and gets murdered. Okay, that's what I was talking about. I was talking about where she was playing the flute and then she kind of leans down to him and he's asleep in the chair. Zippy's oh, asleep. was she playing the flute then? Yeah, oh, I think yeah, she she's a, playing a, a no, flute. No, oh, no. I didn't even see her playing the yeah, flute. Yeah, she has the flute there. With okay, her. I thought it was a recorder. No, but... no, no. I think it was a flute if my memory is correct. <laughs> it looks like a recorder. Okay, so yeah. No, I, I didn't a... realize she was playing it in two scenes. Well, she had it in, in there. Ah, uh, okay. Yeah. I mean, I think she had it in her mouth like she was about to play it or something. Oh, or something I didn't like even that. notice. Yeah. And yeah, like I said, he's there with a bottle of Jack Daniels. Okay. Empty bottle. Like you were saying, you know, he wakes up and then he's headed back to the kitchen and he goes, I guess, where it's like the pantry, I guess, maybe in there yeah. or he opens the door up. And then we see a scruffy looking man. It's, this is Mars. And mm-hmm. he just takes his hand and just slashes Zippy right in the neck, opening oh. his neck up and just kills him right there. It's pretty gross. Yeah. It, I will say this. The effects when you see them in this movie are mm-hmm. pretty decent. They're for quick. A, yeah. But they're 
they look nasty. Well, I think that's the key thing is yeah. they didn't linger on them for too long uh -huh. because if you linger on stuff like that too long, you sit there and say, oh, that looks kind of fake. But mm -hmm. they do it just long enough. Dippy starts spitting up blood and dies. Yeah. R.I.P. Dippy. Yeah, yeah. He was in like two whole scenes. Dippy uh, was in and out. It shows Madman dragging Dippy's body away. Are we going to already call him Madman? Yeah, I'll call him okay. Madman Mars because that's who. I just I called him Madman. Yeah, you can call him Madman or Madman Mars. But then we have one of the boys that's in the cabins and he's, I guess he's on the lookout for Richie. And then he tells one of his other friends up there, says, you know, go ahead and make the bed up so it looks like, you know, Richie's in there. So they're going to do like a head count or yeah, something yeah. and they don't want them to see he's not there. Yeah. And, you know, and uh, the boy says, Richie should, Richie's out there. He should be okay. He knows yeah. his way around. Richie is, of course, still in the Mars house, snooping I, around. He's up in the attic and he's like reading some books that are laying in the floor. Yeah, he's just looking over odds and ends of stuff. And then he hears some noise downstairs. Apparently this is Mars' back and he's down there in the uh, cellar. He's lighting up candles again. He likes candles. Yeah. What scent do you think they are? Uh, what scent do I think they are? Vanilla. Probably human flesh. <laughs> yeah. You know, that's what I'm thinking. I think they smell like rotten corpses. Yeah. Well, that's what I'm thinking because, you know, it goes with the motif of what you're going to see down there later on. Oh. Uh, yeah. yeah. And he don't care about smell because they said, was it said, you can smell death when he's nearby? Well, that's what I was thinking. He's tired of smelling that. He wanted to smell vanilla. I don't think so because you get used to your own aroma. After you're not a giving bit. mad man a chance. He no. could like vanilla. No, he don't like vanilla. He's too, <laughs> he's too grumpy to like vanilla. He's very angry. I mean, you got to be angry to chop your kids up with an axe. <laughs> You know, yeah. I imagine my family wanted to chop me up with an axe a number of times when I was a kid. So I can understand where he's coming from. But I think this is the point where Richie starts to head downstairs. And then we see Mars. I guess he's dragging Dippy's body in there. He always takes him down in the basement or the cellar. Yeah. I mean, you might as well say it's probably one yeah. or the other. This is the first time you notice, I mean, apparently Madman is from the Shire because he has like hobbit feet. Yeah. Yeah, yeah he's got uh, these big hairy feet. Where did he, like when the original scene he had big boots on. Yeah. Where, where did his boots go? I don't know. Maybe he just wore off of him over the time and he don't have any more shoes. So he just runs around in the woods without shoes on. So he's got his big hobbit feet. That's just one of the things that I thought was interesting about this movie. It's almost like he's become like a feral kind of animal mm -hmm. in a way. You know, because there's really no time frame that you hear between when he killed mm -hmm. his family and when this movie starts. You don't know if it's been five years, 10 years, 20 years. You just don't really know. Well, I do know when the mob was putting the rope around his neck, he had short black hair. So now he's gray-headed. Yeah. I mean, it could have been a number of years. Yeah. I mean, you just don't really know. It's, they're never specific about that. Mars is down there, and just before he leaves, he grabs a rope with a noose, and he puts out the candle, and he goes out. Richie is standing there in the window, and he looks out, and he sees Mars sprinting across the front of the house. Which, these things creep me out, yeah. because of the way our yeah. woods look. Like, I will not be going to the car at dark. Madman Mars might be yeah. running around out there. Yeah. <laughs> I, I'm sure you'll be fine. You could probably beat him up. I ain't too worried about that. 
No, I asked him, does he like vanilla? No, and he does not, because <laughs> then he'll chop your head off with an axe or even asking, you know. <laughs> this movie, you could tell this was all night shoots for this movie. This mm -hmm. isn't like Beast Must Die, where it was like day for night kind of thing. This mm -hmm. was shot at night. This is a very bright movie for being shot at night. It is like the moon is like everywhere shining really bright. Yeah, I mean, that's the only thing you can make out because even the light's got this blue tint to it. But I think they're getting at something that Max said in the story that he comes out in a full moon. I guess so, maybe. That's it. So they're trying to make that connection that the moon is out. After Richie sees him leave, then Richie, I guess he heads out of the house too, maybe to try to follow Mars. Mm -hmm. I'll make a comment about Richie later. Yeah, yeah. Richie is, yeah, like I say, he's our final girl in this movie. Yeah. And it amazes me the luck that this boy has. Yeah, that's, that's all I was going to make yeah. a point of. Anyway, then we cut back to camp, and we're, I guess, in the main area. I guess the kitchen area or whatever, mm -hmm. the, the, the main dining area, whatever. Mm -hmm. Like the community hall that everybody would come to to eat. Max is there with our group of uh, soon-to-be victims. And... <laughs> Max just kind of sits down as well and thanks them for their work there that they've done and, and all. You know, he just, I guess give them the last little pep talk before they close everything down. He says he would like to thank them for their, what they've contributed to the growth of the children there just yeah. by their presence. Yeah. And then Betsy just kind of talks to him about the stories that, you know, he was telling. And, you know, that Max was telling by the fire, you know, how it's like scaring the children and stuff like that. And Max, you know, Max seems to be understanding of this. You know, he says, you know, maybe you're right. You no, know. he goes, I never thought of that. Yeah. I was thinking, you just told a story about a man hacking his family yeah. up. Why would well, that not scare kids? Well, yeah, but like I said, at the same time, he wasn't thinking about that because, you know, you just tell these kind of campfire stories. And I guess maybe he wasn't thinking about these smaller kids. <laughs> Because when I was a little kid, when we used to do campfires, you would tell these kinds of stories mm -hmm. like Bloody Mary and stuff Golden like that. Golden Arm or yeah, Golden yeah. something. Yeah. So, I mean, to me, when you're that, you don't think about that. And I can kind of understand where he's coming from mm -hmm. on this. He says next year he'll just scare the hell out of the older kids. Yeah, he said next year we'll just take the older kids out <laughs> and leave the younger okay, ones Okay, good out. plan, Max. Yeah, so there you go. I mean, kind of make it a little more age appropriate. He says he's going into town to pick up some shutters yeah. and to play cards. He asks if anybody needs anything, and Stacy says, yeah, but you're not going to find it in town. Yeah. And a man named Dave pats her on the arm yeah. and says, down, girl. Yeah. And you know what? That purple sweater with a plaid shirt under it, he's a player. You just oh, know from yeah. first time. Well, in, in the early 80s, that was yes. player wear. Yeah. Yeah. I said, he says, yeah, like you were saying, I'll be back later I'm done playing cards and stuff like that. And then he says, oh, by the way, that beer in the fridge is against regulations and everything. And you, I guess, you, you know, since there's kids around there, you're not supposed to have them on the premises. And, but he says, uh, well, despite all that, save one for me. Max is just too cool for school. Yeah. Then Max exits stage right. Like I said, Max is kind of a villain here because he basically tells this story, gets madman provoked, and then he leaves. That's what I was thinking. Now, he don't realize that at the time. Yeah. <laughs> but Max is, I guess what you would say, he's a he's a villain of the story but doesn't realize he's one. He's a red heron. <laughs> yeah. And in a way he is because, but then again, he wouldn't be one because you've seen Mars running around when he was there. You know, like when they was pulling the, trying to pull the axe out of there, yeah. Mars wasn't that far away at that time. Right. Because you know, uh, Zippy's killed shortly after that. So. That's true. 
<laughs> then Max leaves, pick up the shutters and go play his cards. Then we have all the group at the table, and then TP does something to me that's incredibly stupid. He's so weird. Yeah. He stands up, and he does this big apology thing to Betsy and everything about making a scene. To subjecting them to his petty and selfish attitude. Yes. Which I think he should have just not said anything and let her be. Yeah, I mean, to me, I think that would have been best just mm-hmm. to kind of let, let things simmer down. I can't tell if this was genuine or not. You know, he does his toast and everything and stuff like that, trying to smooth things over. And judging by the next scene, I think the smoothing over works here. He says, I propose a toast to friends and friendship, to love and lovers. But may they all have more than they need. We move to a very interesting scene. Uh, Yeah, most... Probably the most infamous scene in this movie. Um, Every time I've talked to people on Facebook or in Facebook groups, when they're talking about this movie, this This scene comes up all the time. What you have here is you have the famous hot tub scene where they're getting undressed. Betsy and TP are getting undressed. He has a TP on his belt buckle. Yeah, so he's uh, he's so in love with himself. He's got his name thing in, you know engraved into his belt buckle. This scene brings all the sex appeal with them kind of taking each piece of their clothes off one by one. And this smooth, I'm, I'm, I'm using smooth in air quotes, smooth kind of Johnny Mathis kind of generic music, which... I think the actor named Play TP is the one that's singing this song. Oh, is he? Yeah. It's trying to have a smooth kind of Johnny Mathis yeah. kind of voice to it, but it didn't uh-huh. quite pan out. But yeah, I think from what I understand, it's him actually singing the song. They get into the hot tub. We get a titty shot from her and a bare butt shot from him. Yeah. Yeah. A brief uh, butt shot there and a brief boob shot. And then they're like in the hot tub, like swirling around each other like they're on a tilt-a-whirl. I know. They're just yeah. going in a circle. Yeah. And just staring and grinning at each other. It's very odd. Yeah. I mean, it's just very strange. It's like you're on a tilt-a-whirl swirling around. You can look at it like that, or you can almost look at it like it's two boxers about to start sparring. Because, you know, how boxers will get in the ring and circle each other to start punching. That's what this kind of reminded me of. And I'm just like, this is such an odd scene. And this goes on forever. Yeah, I don't think she blinks in this whole scene. She's just staring at him weirdly, and he's just grinning. Yeah, I mean, it's the very... It's weird. And then they start doing a circle inside of a circle. Yeah, because, yeah, they're, like I said, it's like a yeah. tilt-a-whirl. And thing. they hold their hand up on the top of the thing and just kind of drag their hand with them as they go in a circle. It's yeah. weird. And this goes on for a very long time. I mean, that wastes so much time circling that they could have been yeah, getting well, down. Yeah, well, yeah. That's not what happens here. And then, of course, about that time, we're outside of this place, and there's like a, what well, we have, stalker cam. Like the a P- point of view point of, of view. somebody watching yeah. them through the window. Yeah, and then this person's making their way to the window, and then about that time, you see TP and Betsy come up out of the water. And she says, I was right in the middle of it, and he didn't let her finish. What was she trying to finish? I don't know. Maybe uh, maybe a handy up under the, the water? I, I took I took it as something else. Maybe, but how would you breathe doing it? I it don't know. Yeah, but... But, yeah, I mean, I don't know. <laughs> I, I would just have to assume it's one to two things, but I'm not sure. I don't know. This one's this scene's weird. It's very weird. Like I said, this is the most famous scene from this movie, but probably not for the right reasons anyway. Then it goes back outside and you like see the 
point of view of whoever's watching them, but then over the soundtrack is them moaning. Yeah. Did you hear that? Yeah. And they're moaning, but when it goes back to show them, they're just kind of bobbing in the water kissing. It's like, yeah. what are you doing all that for? Well, yeah. I don't know. I mean, this this is like an odd scene. This, I mean, this is just an odd scene all the way around. And apparently then we see a brief shot of Mars looking into mm-hmm. the window. He's got his eye full and then he's like, eh. And then he just walks <laughs> off. He's like, I, they were swirling too long. I ain't interested in watching <laughs> making this. Making me dizzy. Yeah, making me dizzy. You're like, you know, what's all that swirling in the hot tub? I mean, to, to give the scene some credit, I would love to have this hot tub. Oh, it's a nice hot tub. And it's, and it's inside. It's inside. And also, this is like a camp for gifted kids. And they got that kind of hot tub there. Even yeah. though I don't personally think these kids are special needs or gifted. Mm-hmm. I don't know what they mean by gifted. I don't know. <laughs> you could. I mean, I ain't going to be mean, but you could read it either way, I guess. <laughs> Or they could be like little criminal kids, you know. I mean, it's hard to say. I don't know. We cut back to Richie is roaming through the woods. Still roaming through the woods. I guess he's still following the old man, but I guess he lost him, obviously. But but it's almost like he's looking around like he ain't sure where he's at. Maybe he got lost himself in the woods. I mean, it's hard to say. And this is the scene I thought you were talking about, where she's sitting in the boat. Yeah, yeah. Playing her recorder flute, whatever it is. Now, this is the second time we kind of see her with the little flute there. And she's, yeah. And then she... Kind of trying to go up this hill. Now, the part I don't understand is she got down the hill, okay? How the hell is she not able to get up it? I was thinking, why don't you find a a less steep place to go up? Yeah, and she's like climbing up this hill, trying to get up it. She keeps slipping and everything, and then we see POV of something coming up behind her. Mm Mm-hmm. If she is about to get to the top of the hill, you see Mars's hand almost grab her foot. And then she gets away. And you almost sit there and think you're going to see his fingers snap like, yeah. drat. Yeah, he yeah. grabs a rock. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's like, damn, damn it, damn it. You know, there's a, there's a couple of little near misses for Mars in this movie. And this is one of them. You know, because this one out here is like, dag, damn it. I didn't get her. And she gets to the top and she turns around and she sticks her tongue out at the woods. Yeah. I would have done the exact same thing. Yeah, I can see you doing that, actually. Yeah, yeah, I was like, that That tracks. You know, like I said, this is the first of two, I think a second near miss for, for him later on. I think with the same girl, actually. Yeah, he, she just was too fast for him. And then we cut to another strange scene. This is where Dave... Stacy, Bill, and Ellie are in like one of the cabins in front of the fireplace. Yeah, with their heads beside each other. I mean, you almost sat, sit there and like, I'm assuming they were in there smoking pot. You smoking. never see them smoking. No, I, I guess acting we're acting really weird. I guess we're in a post smoking pot scene. This was a very weird scene where they're trying to get really deep about destruction yeah, of anything. Like, like there's beauty and destruction. destruction. Yeah. And I was just listening to this. I'm like, I guess I just had to smoke pot because I don't really get completely what they're talking about. Me neither. Yeah. Then Dave gets up and he picks up a knife and he starts just kind of trying to, I guess he's trying to creep everybody out in there. Like, you know, you just don't know what's in my mind at any given time. And he says, uh, you know, maybe I'm not thinking rationally or I'm thinking rationally. You just don't know. And you never really know. This kind of thing he's talking about. And everybody's looking at him like... What's wrong with you? Yeah, Ellie's even like, "What? are you all right? What is wrong with you? Dave then just kind of looks down at him. Always says that at any given time, I could take and chop off your heads. You know, and everybody just looks at him. I guess he kind of starts to break up because he can't keep it up much longer as far as talking about this. Yeah, I, t- I took this as a scene that they were still trying to build 
madman up. Yeah. But I think you really didn't need to because he's already out here hacking people up. I would have rather seen more of that. I think this is just a scene to kind of give you a little bit extra time with the characters before you start killing them off. Yeah. Because, I mean, I could see where you could just take this scene completely out of the movie. Same time, I think this is a scene just to kind of give you an idea of the kind of camaraderie these people had already. Dave starts to kind of break up from what he's saying because I think he... You know, the joke's over, and then they just kind of start tackling each other and laughing and stuff like they that. They all they, roll around on each other. Which is weird. How old do you assume these people are in this movie? I will say... Late 20s. I will say late 20s to maybe 30. Early 30s. Yeah, early yeah. 30s. They're rolling around on each other like high schoolers. Because I know it threw me off, too, about the beer scene at first yeah. earlier on. Like, you know, they had beer. I'm like, wait a minute, these people are old enough to drink. <laughs> But then I got to thinking about it, I'm like, no, that's probably not what it is. It's probably because it's like a kid's camp. You can't yeah, have you alcohol can't have there. Stuff. So I was, I was like, that made me understand it a little bit more. <laughs> this whole scene was weird. Yeah, this that's the second weird scene. Not, not as weird as the hot tub scene, but close. <laughs> Cut back to, yet again, another scene of Richie just roaming through the woods. Yeah, you know? and then we quickly jump back to a scene of the boys' bungalow. And TP's in there asking the little boy named Jimmy where Richie is. I guess they, they don't really tell him. He tells them to go to sleep and that nobody's to leave the cabin. And he walks outside to meet Betsy, who's just kind of standing there waiting for him. And he tells her that he's going to go find Richie because he's gotten lost or something. And then Betsy just mentions to him about, you know, sending out some other people to go with him to help him out. But he's, you know, of course, he's got to be you know the manly man and like yeah. I'll t- this is my responsibility i'll take care of it myself yeah he's like i'll go out real quick and and look and he'll come straight back if he doesn't find anything yeah he says he'll come back for help about 10 15 minutes or so if he doesn't see anything then he tells her to go wait in the office and stay awake yeah tell, tells her what to do this is how it is then tp just kind of walks off and he says as he said to the woods betsy notices a figure moving the same place that tp's going yeah and it's both moving between the cabins betsy calls out the tp he turns around and she says oh nothing i'm gonna put it to you like this. i don't scream bloody murder if i would hope that if i was walking out toward the woods at night and you seen something that looked like somebody you would say david i've just seen something that i please come back yeah please come back over here i seen something that i don't think i should have been seeing but no she's like no it's okay go right here I'm just a crazy woman. Yeah. I didn't see what, yeah. what I thought I yeah. saw. Yeah. So you see a point of view of someone peeking around the cabin watching TP just walk off. Yeah. So So he's like, yeah. you know, there's less people here now. Yeah. So, yeah. So Mars is basically uh, TP's in his sights, I guess you could say. <laughs> then we cut to, I, we're out at a tent. At night. Bill and Ellie. Yeah. And how many times did Max tell them not to go out in the woods alone? Uh, I'm going to get into that in a little bit. Stacy did it too. She was directly out there alone. I'm going to get into that with these two later on because it's just like, there's, I mean, it's like I said, you just have to look at this as a slasher movie and how they do stupid things. Ellie asked Bill, did he mean what he said earlier? Which we didn't hear what he said. Yeah, I'm assuming that he told her he loved her because Bill Bill says he does. He asked her if she's having any doubts. She doesn't want him to have to leave school to be with her. And he says he loves her and he wants to be with her. Leave school. How old is he? He's got a like a porn star mustache <laughs> I don't and everything. Know. 
I mean, I'm just like, what is he like, 19? I don't think so. This guy has to be at least late 20s, easy. This trips me out. Yeah. Like, her mind works just like mine when I was a 13-year-old kid. Yeah. Like, he says, I love you. I want to be with you. And then he directly asked her, do you have any more doubts? And she's like, no. Like, she hasn't had any time to think about anything. No, of course not. No. No. Yeah, she's... (laughs) She's kind of a damn bowl, but we'll get She's to... She's very dumb. Then what is it? He asked her, or she asked if... Then go swimming. Go swimming. And it is cold outside. You can see their breath out there. Mm-hmm. And I guess, like I said, this is one of the points, too, where they're trying to like play this up like it's like summer month. And these people are walking around in long sleeves. Sweaters and, and there's breath blowing, you know. And I'm just like... Oh. <laughs> and sitting by fires. Yeah. And he says he has a better idea, and he starts unbuttoning our shirt. So yeah. I wonder what he thought of. Go and do her laundry. That's what, that's what it is. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Go beat them on a rock. Yeah, that's what I know. Get out the washboard out there in the, in the water. <laughs> then we cut back out to the woods, and TP's out there, and he's like looking around for a Richie. And, you know, he's making his way around, and then I guess he goes to where their camp, uh, what, campfire was. The last was. place he saw Richie. Yeah, where the campfire was, where they, you know where they were at earlier and of course she knows not there and everything then you know scanning around with a flashlight and he scans by some brush and he thinks he sees a face in there which he did see a face in there and then he goes is that you richie he walks around over there and nothing but he keeps hearing movement around him yeah he's like i know that's you richie come out trying to investigate this movement around him but he can't tell where it's coming from and mm-hmm. then he knows he starts to smell something he gets an expression on his face like yeah he like smell something something like something bad and about that time we see a noose thrown around his neck and he is dragged around through the woods by this noose and then the rope is wrapped around a tree or a branch or, or top of a tree and then tp is pulled up to the top because you see this rope is pulled so forcefully and so tightly it starts burning into yeah. the tree itself. It's like he's using the tree as like a pulley yeah, system. Yeah, yeah, and and you could see it like burning into yeah. the tree. And it's pulling TP up and he is like hanging. He's doing his best to fight it and everything. Then he does, I, now I will, I'm going to give TP credit here. He does a smart thing. Most people will be panicking, yeah. trying to put the thing up under their neck. No, he looks up. He grabs the branch above him pulls himself up to take the pressure off of his neck hanging now that's a smart play i will i will say that that's a very smart play Mm. like in even in old westerns or something like Mm. that there's old clint eastwood western called hang them high like he gets hung like that but Mm -hmm. you know you don't sit there and think like instead of sitting there grabbing the thing around your neck you look up there pull that up it's going to take the your body isn't going to have the pressure to hang you so like I said, that's a smart move. And you see Madman's kind of walking closer to him. Yeah, with his hobbit feet. Yes. <laughs> and then TP is kind of, you know, still, he's because he's up there, he's fine. And then you see Mars's hand reach up and grab the TP belt buckle. And TP looks down and starts, he's like, starts to almost like moan or scream. And then Mars grabs him and just yanks him down and breaks his neck. Oh, this scene is creepy. Yeah. His eyes automatically go white. Yeah. Like they rolled in the back of his head. And his face starts to turn purple Purple. and everything. Now, I think uh, something I remember hearing the actor here that played TP, he wanted it to look 
as real as possible without killing himself. So yeah. he actually had the air cut from him for a little, you know, as much as he could. So it looked more authentic. Mm. I mean, I will say this. This is like a creepy looking scene because mm -hmm. they not only do that in the way he looks, but then there's these shots right before Mars walks off. And he's just swinging in the wind. Yeah, Madman just turns around and looks, and he's just hanging in the tree. And the wind's just making him blow around. Yeah, and it's just like it's very creepy because it's almost like all this chaos happened. It's just silence, and he's mm -hmm. swinging there. This is the first time Madman makes a noise. Yeah, he sounds like a dog with a cold. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, it's like, and then he goes off. You know, yeah, because you never hear him talk. It's just always these like growling kind of yeah, sounds. Yeah, or he breathes real hard. Yeah, and then Mars just walks off, and like I said, there's TP's body just swinging up there, on, mm -hmm. and you know after being hung. I'm notated in my notes a couple times throughout this. Just all the wood scenes, mm -hmm. everything's just Friday the Thirteenth feels. Oh yeah, very much so, very much so. And then we cut to, we're back with, where, where did I lose? Betsy. I lost. Betsy, oh, in the office. Yeah, okay. playing a little game of he loves me, he loves me not. I guess it doesn't really matter anymore. Well, no, no, <laughs> no, it's not. And then she just kind of sits around and she's, you could see she's kind of worried because he TP hasn't gotten back yet. So mm -hmm. I, I think there's even a shot she looks at the clock and it's midnight, it's midnight and, mm -hmm. and it's, I assume it's been a lot longer than 10 or 15 minutes. Yeah. Betsy goes back into the main uh, area there, goes to uh, Stacy and Dave, and she basically tells him, you know, TP's been gone for nearly an hour now, and he was only supposed to be gone for around 10 minutes or so. Once again, there, what's about to happen here is something Max was even talking about and all of them. Don't go out in the woods by yourself. And naturally, what is it? Dave is the one that has to get volunteered. Well, he volunteers himself, but he says, yeah, this happens like twice a year where some kid goes yep. out in the woods and gets turned around, lost. He said they lost one in like broad daylight at the yeah. north point of the woods. So he says, I'll go out and look for him. And I still, once again, I still have to ask my questions. This camp is this close to Madman Mars's house. Why hasn't he popped? Was Madman Mad Mars on vacation in Florida where Max goes? I mean, I, you know. From that story, it sounds like he only comes out in the full moon like a werewolf. I don't know. I mean, but to me, it's like still there have been other full moons when they were there. So I don't know. It's just like I said, I just don't. Yeah. There's some plot. Yeah, there's, some, yeah, there's some plot holes here. <laughs> I mean, Stacy can kind of just ultimately tell that Betsy's like really concerned. Betsy even says, well, I seen something near the cabin as he was leaving, as TP was leaving, but she says she couldn't make it out, which, you know, I could. And it was a, it was a shadow of a person. A person running. Yeah. Then Dave is just like, finally, like, okay, well, I will go out. I will see what I can find. After he keeps telling her that she's imagining things. Yeah. Like making making things make, up to make, be dramatic. Yeah. Yeah. Like a woman does. Yeah. Right. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> According Dang. to that. yeah. I just got punished here, buddy. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, that's what his opinion is. To me, I'm going to look at like, I don't care if you're a man or a woman. If you say you've seen something that you don't think mm -hmm. you should have been seeing, I'm going to believe you until I don't have a reason not to. <laughs> yeah. That's the way I would, particularly if I'm at a camp at night. 
But because even if you don't think you've seen a quote unquote person, you could have seen like a bear, you could have seen something moving around. It was around. clearly a person. Yeah, it's clearly a person in this case. Yeah, I had overalls. Yeah, I mean you could I mean you could even see his hair. Hair, yeah. yeah. And Dave just you know, of course she says she isn't making up stories and everything. Dave's like, All right, all right. She says, I'll go out and find him and basically I'll I'll find him quick as possible and be back in no time. And then he leaves. That's becoming a pattern. Yeah, this is a big pattern in this movie. Then Betsy's just uh, sitting there talking to Stacy. Uh, like, I'm sure I've seen something. Dave kind of stops right outside and he's just like getting his lantern and everything. He leaves and then just after him, Madman comes and he grabs that axe. Yeah, he, he stops at axe caliber <laughs> at the stump. And then you hear, you know, you see him put his uh, paws around this uh, axe handle and you hear him go, and then the axe is just broken right out of the stump. See, I could play Madman Mars because I could do the growling and everything. If there's a sequel, I'm here. And of course, he pulls it out and the stump breaks and then now he's got his axe. You know, why he didn't have an axe at his house, I don't know. But that's uh, another story for another day. Was he the one that put that axe in there? I don't know. They never said. Uh, it's on in that like Thor, like only Thor can grab the act, the hammer out of the yeah. place. Or like I said, Excalibur, <laughs> where King Arthur can only pull the sword out of the stone. <laughs> Nobody else could pull it. Right. Yeah, that's what. So that, this yeah. is Madman yeah. Mars's axe. Yeah, that's right. Exactly. So, you know, of course, he's the chosen one. He can pull <laughs> the axe out. We cut to, of course, Mars starts to follow Dave into the woods. And once again, Dave is, uh, he's following the same pattern that TP does. Just walk he's around walking, yelling walking for around, him. And walking around yelling for him in the woods. And then he, of course, makes his way to the camp area. Nothing there. Mm-hmm. You know, same thing as TP. And then he's like flashing a lot. He turns off his flashlight because he notices something. And then he looks and notices a light coming from the bushes. And he's like, okay, that's odd. As he walks away, you see an axe hovering over behind him like his head was about to get lopped off right there i mean madman's his what do you call it yeah delivery sometimes isn't yeah he's not quick on the draw yeah yeah <laughs> you know he walked as dave's walking away like i said you see that axe behind him it's like dang damn it didn't get him again <laughs> and he walks over to this brush and he sees a flashlight laying there and it's lit it's lit it's on and apparently i said this was tp's and then he just like looks around and he starts calling out for TP and calling out for Richie and of course nothing. And then he starts to hear like sounds like trees popping, trees cracking. Well, it sounds like something swinging. Yeah, that's why. Yeah, the well, it's like I said, but it, popping. It's yeah. like maybe it's the uh, the the rope, bran- the rope and the mm-hmm. branch he's hanging on is like popping yeah. in the tree. We know that, but he doesn't. Yeah, he's like looking around. And he's, he hears the noise, but he can't tell where the noise is coming from. And then, of course, he goes towards it. Not away from it, like I would be. And he just kind of keeps walking, and then he is like kind of backing around, looking around, and then we see legs hanging, and he walks into them, and it's like TP. He looks up, and there's TP hanging there, and TP's body falls from the tree. 
falls or was let go. I think Mars cut the rope and yeah. it fell on him. He, you know, of course, Dave sees TP's dead and he freaks out and he just gets up and bolts off. Yeah, he hides like next to a tree and he pulls his knife out. Yeah, he pulls a lock blade knife out. And he's sitting there, he's looking around and of course he sees nothing. And then about that time, you see an axe nearly hit Dave in the head. Yeah, it hits the tree. Now, that's one thing I could say about this movie too. It's not like madman mars if he's going after you he doesn't actually get you right away yeah because jason always just nailed you yeah yeah it's like mars it's a little bit more of like a little clumsy at times well he's a little clumsy and it's almost like it almost makes him a little bit more i don't know if i want to say human is the right word but it's like you know he's a little bit more of like you know i ain't gonna get you right here but i will get you yeah this makes him relatable because i don't know how many times i've tried to knock people out and they got out just in time you do that to me all the time yeah (laughs) yeah but, you know, and Dave is trying to make his way, you know, backing away and trying to get away. And this axe keeps coming down. It nearly gets him in the head again. Keeps backing away. And he finally kind of goes over to where this uh, tree is falling. And he just falls back and he's laying with his uh, face up. And then Mars just jumps up with the axe up over his head. And he just comes down and... That's it. Yeah, the scene ends. With yeah, that. The scene ends. Like, so well, maybe yeah. R.I.P. today. Yeah, uh, maybe uh, you feel safe to say Dave has lost his I head. I mean, he was he was bobbing and weaving and missing him, so we don't know. Judge by that, I think three <laughs> strikes and you're out. Basically, is what that really boils down to. He dodged him a couple times. Yeah, that man's like you ain't getting away. Yeah, now. but that third strike and you're out, and you're I think it. that's what happened here. But with uh, Dave's maybe demise, we'll find out later. <laughs> What we're going to do here is we're going to take a quick break, and then when we come back, we will go into the rest of uh, the film Madman. There are 200 seniors at Midvale High and seven days till graduation. The class of 81 is going out in style, and they're having the time of their life. It's been a great year for Midvale High. The track team finished first in the state. Then again, Midvale always produces winners. Sally Prescott is the top gymnast in the school. She plans to go to college in the fall. Paula Kastoff won five cross-country events in the past year. She jogs to school every morning. Ralph Johnson is the football team's star halfback. Pete McFarlane set the state record in the pole vault. Tony and Dolores were king and queen of the prom. The class of 81's being fitted for caps and gowns and coffins. There's 200 seniors at Midvale High in seven days till graduation. Too bad there'll be no one to celebrate with. Graduation Day. And we are back. 
we uh, come back in on Stacy's by the fireplace with uh, Betsy and they're sitting there. I guess they're still waiting around for Dave to come back. And Stacy just uh, mentions Betsy like, well, maybe we should just go to the office and wait for him there. And it shows a quick scene of the boys in the bungalow. And I yep. think the boy named Tommy, yeah. he's looking out the window and he says, well, he sees like Madman Mars's shadow going past his window. So I guess they're still waiting for Richie to get back. These boys are pretty calm for yeah. something like this. I don't think they really know what's going on. No, I, I don't either. Did what TP said, go to sleep and stay in there. Yep, that's it. They have no idea anything's going on. Stacy and Betsy get back to the office. You know, Stacy's just pretty much like, okay, she's going to go out looking now. So, and she grabs some keys off of uh, one of the racks in there. And she says she's going to go get Bill and Ellie to help. Yeah, and Betsy's like, maybe they should stay there. This is when she says something that I know she probably, why she doesn't have girl friends. Oh. She goes, that's the difference between you and me. You're content to just stay behind. Oh, yeah, yeah. Candy women. Yes. Yeah. Like a saucer of milk for you there, Stacy. you know? Bessie just keeps telling you know, no, it's not a good idea. You yeah. know, but of course, Stacy's going to go do She's it. going anyway. Yeah. And then we uh, cut to Bill and Ellie are in the tent. Still. Yeah, making out still. And then Stacy pops her head in and says she needs help, you know, because she tells them basically like Richie, Dave, and TP are missing. Everybody, yeah, basically. Yeah, basically, yeah. You know, a good part of people are missing. She just tells uh, Bill and Ellie, like, basically, like, you know, there's no rush here, but we need your help and we need you out here in a hurry. You mm -hmm. know, because, you know, it seems like maybe a little bit concerned because all three of them have just uh, dropped off and they can't find them. I think that part was funny. She goes, don't rush, but, you know, hurry. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, that's the way she puts it. That's right. Yeah. No rush, but hurry. She's like quickie yeah 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 there you go yeah there you go stacy uh, is kind of walking on the grounds and as she's walking around you know she's fumbling with the keys and everything and we see between the cabins there's mars is there like in the shadows mm -hmm. and he's kind of following her you know kind of going in between the cabins you know i guess she's fumbling around she's got the keys and then she goes to this old uh, yellow kind of pickup truck she gets in Tries to start it up. It don't want to start up. And then she gets out. I think she grabs like a screwdriver or something and gets out. Which is very strange to me. They have this pickup that ain't worth a shit. That don't want to run. But then they got a hot tub at the damn place. So apparently they can afford a hot tub. But they can't afford a running truck. <laughs> she gets out and fumbles with this. Whatever she does. She just fumbles around with something in there. And then she gets back in there. Uh, cranks it up. But as she's doing this and she's in there, you see Mars coming up to the door. He's always lurking. Yeah. And then about the time the truck heads off, his hand is like right there on the handle and the thing goes off and you're again. <laughs> and I'm just like, this is once again where he's, he's like, just like, again. like, damn it. You know, <laughs> like snap his fingers again, like, damn it. And he misses again. Yeah, he hasn't quite got the serial killer thing down to science yet. Not like Jason Voorhees. It just or takes him a while to get Yeah, him. yeah. I mean, it takes him a little bit, but he gets there eventually. He's old. Well, yeah. I mean, I, like I said, you don't really know how old he is, but you got to imagine he's got, he's got arthritis be... in his hands, probably. Well, I don't know. He holds that axe pretty well. That's so. true. And here's what's weird to me. 
How far does Stacy go in this truck? She just, it's like she just drove up the road. Yeah, it's almost like she just drove to the end of the driveway, a mm-hmm. long driveway, and then she just stops and gets out. And she gets out to investigate. I'm like, couldn't you just walk? Yeah, I guess not. Yeah, she just gets out, gets out of the truck, and starts uh, her investigation into this, which went well for the other two, so I'm sure it'll go well for her, too. <laughs> and then we cut back to the office, and Ellie is in the office talking to a Betsy. Yeah, Ellie and Bill. Yeah, Ellie and Bill, that's right. She's not talking about how she wishes Max would hurry up and get back. You know, like, yeah. I don't know what he's going to do, but, you know. It's like, well, we're going to do what we, basically what Max wants to do and go out, you know, like we were searching for a lost kid. Yeah, and he says, I'm going to I'm gonna go try to catch up with Stacy. And he asked Ellie, you know, is she coming with him? And she says, the more, the merrier, kind of like, yeah, you know, yeah. the more people we have out there, the better. And then uh, Betsy says, well, you know, she's basically going to stay there because there's still kids there to look out for. She's technically the only adult left, <laughs> you know, there <laughs> yep. now. So I guess by default, she's going to, have to stay there with the kids and uh, uh, Bill and Ellie uh, leave. And then, then we cut back to the woods and Stacy is making her way through the woods. You know, she's got her flashlight doing like the others, you know, roaming around. As she walks by a tree, you see Mars's hand on the tree. You know, she don't see it, but we do. And she's looking around, and then once again, she notices a light, kind of like Dave does. Yes, exact same scenario. Yeah, and she walks over, and it's a lantern. This uh-huh. is a, the lantern that uh, Dave had. And it still, it's still burning pretty good. And uh, once again, she's the same way. It's like, well, that's, this is odd. You know, she kind of starts looking around again. and doesn't see anything until she moves her flashlight over, and she notices legs laying around a tree yeah dangling over like a uh, fallen tree and she walks over there and pulls and she she looks and she's like oh it must be dave what's you know like he must be hurt or something yeah she's like are you okay if somebody's hurt do you go grab them by their shirt or their lapels of their shirt and yank them up well she does this and she grabs him up, and Dave has no head yeah and she naturally screams and drops the body, and then as the body falls down, you see Dave's head there is laying right there beside it. So, yeah, he has been <laughs> decapitated. <laughs> and as Stacy's taking off running, you notice that Dave's body is moving like it's being dragged off. Stacy is running, and she makes her way back to the truck. Well, before that, she falls down in the woods on her face, and you remember that scene that flashed at the That's beginning. Right. That was at the beginning. That was her scene. Yeah. So you know that you saw their death. Yeah, or or, or, or leading what, up to leading their death. Up to their death. After this, then she makes her way back up to the road and to get into the truck. She gets in. Naturally, the truck does not start again. <sighs> and she gets out. She pops the hood on the truck, and then she gets down in there. As she lifts that hood on the truck, you notice behind the truck, Madman Mars is back there because you mm-hmm. see him in the back glass. His before. little head pops up. Yeah, so he's behind this truck. And she gets up under there. She starts fiddling around with whatever she's doing to fix this truck. Then we see a point of view of Mars is on top of the truck. You know, as she's up under there, and just as she is about to pull her head out from the truck, he jumps on the hood of the truck, and it just cuts her head right off. 
because you see her body just fall down mm -hmm. and then you see her head you know well her headless body just fall yeah this is the first scene i noticed the very similar music to friday the 13th going ah, ah, ah. yep their yeah. version and my question is is Mars is a pretty big guy. Wouldn't you have noticed like the truck moving? Shaking. Yeah, shaking if somebody he's was just getting up on it. Quiet him. and stealthy. Yeah, he's very he's very stealthy for somebody so big. Well, you know he has hobbit feet. Yeah, so. he has hobbit feet and he's pretty spry too. Yeah, because I would think if you if somebody was getting on top of a truck that big, you'd be like, What the, the hell is yeah. making this truck shake? You know, but she apparently doesn't yeah, like I said, and she's decapitated, so now Stacy is effectively out of picture now. R.I.P. Yep, uh, she is done. And then we cut to Bill and Ellie. They are in the woods doing their search. Now naturally. they're in the woods calling for Stacy, calling for all of them. Then here's, these two are so dumb. What is it? Bill tells Ellie they need to split up. And meet back at kind of do a circle around and then meet back up. Yeah, he's like, I'll go to where the the campsite is, and you stay on this trail. And if we go around, we'll make a complete circle. And yeah, hopefully we'll find Stacey. yeah cover more ground because they looked off a little distance and they saw the pickup truck, so they think she's in the wood. Yeah, they don't know she's dead. Got no head. Yeah, yeah. And I'm just like I split up. I'm like that's went so well so far. And Max told y'all, do not go in the woods alone. And what do they do? That's what each of them do. They go in the mm -hmm. woods by themselves. And they don't stay together. <laughs> so, I'm just like, ugh. They split up and take off. Then we cut to Bill kind of walking around. And then he notices part of the rope. And he's like looking around. And then he looks up at the tree beside it. And he sees where the rope burns. We're in the tree. And like, okay, so apparently something was strung up right here, obviously. Yeah. Then we see Stacy's body being dragged off. Well, we Ellie sees Mad Yeah, Ellie sees Madman near the truck, and I think he's getting Stacy's body. Yeah, yeah, that's right, because Ellie makes her way back to the truck. Yeah, and she's like looking up there, and then that's well, this is one of the first times you see Mars kind of full on what he really looks like because you got glimpses of him before but this yeah. is like one of the first times you actually see him mm -hmm. full on and then she notices it and she of course screams and then takes off with in a light jog i don't know what it is about this character but she annoys me yeah to, she's very ugh. yeah she's uh, there i don't know she just takes off and she runs into bill she tells him what she's seen by the truck and wants to go back to the office. But Bill naturally wants to go investigate like an idiot. He wants to go find what she saw. Yeah, and the thing about it is, is if I found a rope in the woods like that, and the rope had that blood on it. And, and everybody's gone. And everybody's gone. I'm going to be, I will say to her, you know, you're right. We're going back to the office. Peace out. We're yeah, going. yeah, we're going. To, I ain't going to investigate shit. We're mm. going back to, to the office. But no, like a complete nope. idiot. He's like, yeah, let's go check about what you saw. <laughs> oh, God. These are slasher movies. You got to just yes. go with this kind of stuff. You just got to roll. You got to roll with it. If there's a dark basement, they're going down yeah. in it. Well, it's always like that commercial, that insurance commercial, where it's like, you know, there's a running car, but let's go into the barn with all the, the chainsaws and all this kind of stuff and all that. That's what this is. This is what this is. They make their way to the truck. Don't see anything. 
even though the angle of the truck, we can see there's blood all over the front of the truck. They don't make their way to the front they of the truck. They literally do a circle around the back of the truck. But they don't go to the front of the truck. Yeah, and he, he puts her in the truck, and he goes and gets in the driver's side. And, of course, the truck won't start. You hear a squishy sound when he cranks it. It's like yeah. it's a, sounds like something, yeah, like a sponge or something. <laughs> that's just squishing. And, and, uh, so yeah, when he, he turns gets it out, over. and he goes to put the hood up, and he finally sees the blood. When he's about to pop the trunk or yeah. hood open, yeah. And then when he gets the hood up, he makes this face like, oh. Yeah, no. And it doesn't show what he sees. And she's like, what? And he's like, he won't tell her what he saw. But he tells her to stay in the truck. What does she naturally do when you tell her not to get out of the truck? She gets right out. <laughs> she goes and looks on Stacy's head. Yeah, Stacy's head is in inside the, in the motor, <laughs> where the motor is. She, of course, is a screaming, nervous wreck. And Bill, has he grabs like a blanket or something he out of the truck. Gets the head out. And gets the head out. I don't know why he does what he does. He just throw it in the woods or something? I'm not really sure. Well, he took the time to go get the towel out. <laughs> yeah. I mean, to me, I don't know why he just didn't grab it y'all by the hair and just fling it. Y'all don't have long. Yeah, y'all don't have long. You <laughs> see something like that, yeah. And then he basically gets this, uh, gets uh, Ellie into the truck. They get in. It cranks. That's why I didn't understand, because he didn't have time to do anything. No. I don't know what, how it got fixed. Well, now, I guess you got to think about it. When Stacy got out to fix it, she fixed it, but she never cranked it again. So this is the first time it's been cranked. No, he tried before. That's Did why he? he got out. Oh, that's right. That's right. No, Maybe I, her head was causing some yeah, time. Or maybe her head fixed it. <laughs> you know, maybe her teeth went, she chomped on it and fixed it, you know. <laughs> Maybe. I don't know. She did it with her nose. She's yeah. like, I'll do it. I'll fix it. Yeah. Well, the point being is it was fixed somehow. And then they're taking off and driving. So mm-hmm. this truck's moving. He's having a problem going forward and backwards. He can't get it to go either way. And suddenly Madman reaches through the window, which is open. Yeah. Now, was, was the truck moving when it was It going? starts to move after Madman drags him out of the truck because it rolls. Okay, because I was in there trying, I could never figure out if the truck was actually moving when Mars pulls him out of it. He stopped because he starts to go backwards and then he tries to go forwards and he acts like he can't go either way. Yeah, okay, that's it, that's it. I was wondering if Madman had a hold of him or something. What, holding the truck? Where he couldn't go forward. God, boy, that'd be something, he'd be strong. I thought... Well, he pulled the axe out. Yeah, but, yeah, God, but still. I mean, that's a truck, though, that's something different. (laughs) I don't know. I thought the truck was moving for some reason because I was like, boy, Max, Madman Morris must have been doing a good little sprint beside yeah, that truck to yank him out while Mad driving. Man comes to the open window. Yeah. He didn't roll the window up. No. I bet the door was unlocked too. Not these two, I wouldn't doubt it. Yeah, and he, when he drags him out by his face, the truck keeps rolling. I like Ellie's half-hearted attempt to save her boyfriend yeah it's almost like the boyfriend in cruel jaws that was gonna save his girlfriend in the water i almost was thinking it's almost like ellie was pushing his feet out the thing instead of pulling because she was just like "Ah," you know not really doing anything and i'm like well way to help save your boyfriend you know there you know not even grabbing his leg at least to make an attempt anyway she's like better him than me yeah i know just like push him on out like yeah there you go i'll help you get him out of here so the truck rolls into a tree 
at a very minor speed spills out of it like you know she hit it like 50 miles an hour <laughs> and then she kind of looks up and uh, this is i'll say this is a cool shot this is like mars has billy it's like a, the top of a hill there's like like a little moonlight or something uh -huh. behind him and uh -huh. he's holding Billy up over his head like Road Warrior Hawk, about to do a body slam. You know, <laughs> way they used to press people over their head and body slam them. That's what this looks like. And you hear Bill's back cracking. Oh, I know. But first he's like, Ellie! Yeah, yeah. She's not helping him. Yeah, she's she's very, you know, lacking uh, in the helping in capacity. And instead of doing the Bane backbreaker, he just does, he just breaks his back while he's holding him up over yeah, his head. Yeah, you just hear cracking and it, it yeah. doesn't really. Yeah, you don't see any more from that. Yeah. And then Ellie, of course, does what she would probably do best is take off in a light jog again. And then we cut to a quick shot of Mars dragging another body off. I guess this is he Bill's body. He none behind. Nope. And then we cut back to someone we ain't seen in a while, our final girl, Richie. Who is still roaming in the woods. I forgot to buy him almost. Yeah, yeah, you always do till he pops. Oh, like, oh yeah, that motherfucker's still alive. That's right. I mean, this is where I made a note. And I think I kind of answered it in my own brain after thinking about it. Like, I was like, anybody goes out there, he gets them. Richie has been wandering all night and mm. hasn't. But he didn't run his mouth the whole time yelling for people. But the ironic thing is, is he's the one that started everything. Yeah, I know. Because he I know. was the one that yelled Mar Man Man Mars's name and then threw that rock a mile into his house. You would think Mars would have got him first. <laughs> you broke my window, you little bastard. Yeah, I know. Runs by him several times and he never even sensed he was there. No, no. Yeah, so that's, that's very odd. Richie just kind of spots, I guess, Mars or something, like dragging his body off. To the farmhouse. For a farmhouse. Yeah, to the house. And he follows Mars back to the house yet again. Mars is like dragging his body back down into the cellar. Mars leaves the basement with an axe in his hand. He goes out and he runs back to the woods. And Richie's hiding, hiding behind a tree in the yard. And he watches Mars just run off with that axe and going back into the Runs bush again. Runs right, right by, by him again and doesn't sense yeah. he's there. Then Richie makes his way back into the house yet again for a second time in this movie. Yep. I guess he's doing what they call hiding in a place where they would least suspect you being. In the house. In the house where he actually yeah. lives. The call's coming from in yeah, the house. Yeah. Richie gets in and he notices like this uh, door. I guess this is like the kitchen area in the house. And he notices like this little door like going into the cellar or something there in the kitchen. It's ajar. And he goes down the stairs and he looks around trying to kind of make out what's in the basement. Smells something and he just keeps like looking. And then as he's looking, you see his eyes start to go real big. The like whole him. place he's looking at is lit up. Bright light. Yeah. And then he just gets this horrified look on his face and the scene ends. Yeah. Then we cut to a scene of Betsy is with the kids. Uh, one, I guess the girl she was with earlier. Yeah, she's and, sitting by her bed. Yeah, while this little girl, you know, I guess she's asleep or something. And then Ellie comes running and barreling into the office. You know, I guess looking for Betsy, who isn't there, of course. You know, Ellie's just all in a frazzle. Then Ellie makes her way. She goes back to the main area, you know, where the kitchens and everything is. And, looking for Betsy. Yeah, looking for Betsy. And nothing. And she's like looking around and she's looking around. She, then she goes back to head out. And she notices the door is wide open. 
And I think she's pretty sure she closed it. So the mm-hmm. door's open. She starts like dramatically calling for Betsy and stumbling along. This is like a Oscar worthy scene. Yeah. Then she's like backing away, turning around, looking around. Then we see at the door, Mars mm-hmm. is, you, we see him kind of in shadow because his hair's blowing and everything. And just as she gets to the door, she turns around and there he is. Yeah, because this seems pretty creepy because the whole room is lit by lanterns. Mm-hmm. So everything's casting a shadow on the wall. And as she turns, yeah. you think, oh, shoot, something's there. And then all of a sudden you see the long hair yeah. on the shadow. Yeah, yeah. And when she turns around, he's right in the doorway. And then she uh, naturally screams bloody murder and slams the door, tries to lock it. But then Mars does a Jack Torrance on the... Uh, <laughs> On the door from The Shining and just chops the door right in. And then we come to the second infamous scene in this movie. She runs through to the kitchen area, opens the refrigerator door, throws all the contents of the refrigerator out, and then gets into the refrigerator to hide. And they're in the floor in front of the refrigerator. Now, this is pre-Indiana Jones and the Kingdom of the Crystal Skull, saving itself from a nuclear blast from a refrigerator so i guess this saves you from a madman mars too she gets in the refrigerator not thinking that mars is going to look down and see all this shit in the floor and say okay this dumb bitch just got in the refrigerator i'm gonna just sneak back off i'd be like she can't be that dumb she's trying to trick me yeah yeah you know I was just like, oh, even, even when I seen this movie as a kid, I'm like, that was so dumb. I still remember thinking that even back then. And this is one of them old timey refrigerators. Yeah, that's one of these old school ones. And I wouldn't get in the refrigerator because I mean, I watched I that. There's ep- nowhere to go. Because I seen that episode of Punky Brewster where her little friend got uh, called in the refrigerator <laughs> and he almost died. <laughs> yeah. I'll take my chances with Mars. I'm in the refrigerator. I can grab a knife or something out of a drawer or something yeah. like that and take my chances. But. You know, then she's like listening and then she hears it sounds like he's leaving. And then she gets out of the refrigerator and she walks around and she is like slowly just looking around, making her way to the door. And then we see a quick shot as she's walking by, like Mars is kind of hiding because you see his face down there kind of watching her go. creepy. Yeah, watching her go. I even had to rewind it back. I was thinking, is that somebody he killed? But no, it's him standing there. Yeah, it's creepy. Yeah. And then about that time, she's running toward the door because she sees the door open and she runs to the door. And then about that time, you see the axe up in the air. And it hits her right in the chest. Oh, it's pretty gruesome. Yeah, this is one of the more bloody kills because it hits her in the chest and blood just flies out everywhere. Yeah, she just kind of stumbles backwards with her mouth wide open. Yeah, and just falls on the couch. It's a good good kill, I will say that. It's a very Uh good kill in this movie because, I mean, it just... I mean, in her reaction, I guess, is what it would be. It would almost be a stunned... Stunned. Yeah, Yeah, she didn't have time to process it. Yeah, and she just falls back and... Is she dead, though? I mean, we'll come back to that in a little bit, if she's dead. I don't think she's dead. You don't? No. I thought she was. No. Yeah, we'll get to to that. And then we cut the shot of uh, Betsy. She's headed back to the office. Then she kind of looks over, I guess, the main cabin area. And then she notices the lights on. And she walks over there and kind of peeks into the window and we see, like, legs. I guess it's, like, Ellie's legs. So I was just seeing the viewfinder laying on the table. Well, there was that, too. That was yeah. just awesome. 
But we see that, but she sees legs there on yeah, the floor. And blood. And blood. Like I said, when she notices someone's laying there, she runs back to the office. To call Max in town. You know, Max picks up the phone and she tells him what's going on and that there's blood everywhere mm-hmm. and everything and she doesn't know what to do. And then Max basically, like, he he's like, I'm, I'm on my way now. I'll be right there. I'm on my way now. And this kind of, you know, answered the question I had started having about him. Like he told the story, then he left. But this shows that he really was gone. Yeah, he really was gone because you see cards in his hand. Yeah, so he's there doing what he said he was going to be doing. Because I cards. was thinking like Mad Man, Mars, Max. Yeah. Maybe he was dressed yeah. up or something. Yeah, yeah, or in cahoots or something yeah. with Mars. But then as Betsy gets off the phone, she puts the phone down. She looks out the window and she sees Mars running around outside. She gets a quick shot of him, sees it. It's like, okay. Well, she, so definitely she did see something. She mm-hmm. knows for sure. Looks around, she opens a drawer up, and there's shotgun shells. And then she grabs, there's a double barrel shotgun on the wall. And she uh, does it. Now, here's the thing I don't understand. She only grabs a couple of extra shells. She puts there. two in there and then grabs two for her pocket. And yeah. there was more in the drawer. I would have grabbed them all. I would have, yeah, I would have filled my pockets yeah. with them if I'd I had I would have put them in my shoes if I had to. Yeah, yeah, I would have made sure I had double barrel shotgun, you know. you. And might... considering what happens. Oh, yeah, yeah, we'll get yeah. to that, yeah. And then she has the gun and she's making her way back to the cabin that she was at. And she kind of peeks in the window again. And then we see Ellie's face into the window. I thought it was him holding her up. It could be him holding her up or it could be her alive and she's just trying to get to the window. Maybe she was still faintly alive. Whatever, she shoots her. That's what I was about to say. I said, well, if she was alive, she ain't now because she takes a barrel of a shot <laughs> right into the face and she's done. She's because, out of her misery if she was. Yeah, because, I mean, it's hard to tell. You don't know if it's Mars in there that throws her face up to it. Or yeah. if it's her who's actually just barely still alive, but maybe mm-hmm. she was trying to get to the window. And then, you know, she does. And then, you know, basically Betsy blows her away. So you don't really know. But I guess that shot kind of alerts everybody in the camp because uh, kids start to come out of their cabins after they hear the shot. And this is what remi- another thing that reminded me of Friday the 13th. How Jason never killed kids. He always left them alone mm-hmm. because that's what he was when he died. Yeah. He just had a problem with the counselors because Madman could have went in any of these cabins and killed his kids. I mean, he killed his own kids. Well, that's what I know. Or maybe he just hadn't gotten to the kids yet. I guess. Yeah. I mean, that could be it too. He maybe. just keeps finding people in the woods. You that's know, he's it. He's busy. Yeah, that's it. After some of these kids come out, Betsy just tells them to get everyone up, head to the bus. She uh, starts rounding people up, getting them out the door and they get, get in and get on the bus. As they're uh, closing the door up and everything, they're driving off. Betsy spots Mars as they're driving off. You know, the lights of the bus catches him as he's running across the street or the road there. I think he ran yeah. so she would have to slam on brakes and stop. Yeah, and she stops. As she's stopping, he then gets to the door and is trying to get in. Yeah, his hand gets in. Yeah, and Betsy and then one of the older kids there... Is like yeah, Tony is holding the door, trying to hold the door closed, and she grabs something that's almost like a broom handle. I don't know if it was an umbrella yeah, or, or something. some kind of stick. Uh, yeah, or something. But point being, is she's sitting there is just walloping <laughs> Mars's hand, just beating his hand, 
to keep, get it out of there while trying to keep that door closed. Do, do the sound. He's doing... <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's doing that, which I would have been like, oh, you know, I would have been doing something completely different because I imagine that had to hurt. Yeah, bust him right in the knuckles. He eventually, he just gets it down there. He stops. He, he leaves. Yeah, and then Betsy tells her, okay, kids, like, all right, you know, everybody gets out in the back, and then she gets back into the driver's seat, and about that time, she's looking out the cabins, and, it was, and she spots Mars, I guess, dragging Ellie's body. He's got her over his shoulder. Yeah, and taking her body away. She tells the kids that she's going to go find someone... Yeah, she, you know, see if it, she can find anybody still alive. Yeah, and then she gets like one of the oldest kids, so I guess who apparently knows how to drive a school bus, I'm assuming. Well, he looks about 16. Yeah, but driving a school bus is a little more complicated yeah, than a regular vehicle, but I guess obviously he must know how. And she tells them to take the kids, go to the sheriff's office. And don't stop for anything. And don't stop for anything. And I hate to say this, in all honesty, she should have did that too. Me too. Just, yeah. You're not equipped to do this kind of thing. That, and you don't, you haven't seen anybody. Likely, they're not alive. So, to me, in her best interest, it would have been stay on the bus with them, drive, make sure the kids got there, tell the sheriff what's going on, let them take care of it. But that would have made too much sense. (sighs) The movie would have been over. Yeah, it would have been over. And then, you know, credits, and it's over. But no, she tells them to do that. She goes back there, that one girl she talks about talking to her earlier and says you know tells her that she's going to be leaving and this girl says she doesn't want her to leave tells her she loves her yeah and then betsy just grabs the gun she gets out of the bus and the boy closes the door up on the bus and then they drive off and then we cut to a shot of betsy she makes her way and she's outside of the mars house with shotgun in hand and you think okay it's on now Mm, i i put a note I, i should have said it earlier this house reminds me of the house I grew up in. Oh, really? At night. Oh, wow. With no lights on in the house. Oh, wow. Looked just like this. Mm, that's mm-hmm. an interesting thought. <laughs> <laughs> it was an old farmhouse. Betsy uh, she goes inside, and she's making her way around the house. You know, shotgun pointed out, you know, first thing. Looking for anything, I guess, anything to jump out of there so she could shoot at it. And then what's so cool is she's walking around, and if you look behind her, you see Mars kind of just roaming around behind her. Because he knows this house. He knows which room he can go in yeah. to get around her. And Yeah, which I thought was very cool because you just kind of see him just kind of stalking yeah. around behind her in the shadows. She doesn't even there. know he's there. Yeah, she don't even know he's there. And as she's walking around, she almost goes up the stairs, but she, she doesn't go. She turns around and comes back down. And she comes back down. And then she's walking around, I guess, what is the living room area. And Mars has something in his hand, and he tosses it. Did he do that? Yeah. I thought something. He threw it kind of to, to make her turn. Yeah, make her turn and yeah. distract her. She turns and fires. Second bullet. So now she's got an empty gun. Yeah. So, like I said, because the first shot, she basically gangster styled Ellie right in the face, you know, in the window there. So she's done. So now her second shot. She's just wasting bullets. She's only got two left. Well, that's the downside to it. She's got to stop to reload a double barrel because, you know, you got to pop the shells out and put them back in. And she's stopping to reload the gun. 
she looks over and there's Mars coming out of shadows. But this is one of the creepiest scenes where yeah. he's playing with the light in the dark. He starts where you can see that he's there. Then mm. he goes in the dark and you can't see him anymore. And then he comes out yeah. again yeah. and he's right there. Yeah. And she's trying to reload the gun and she just isn't quick enough. Mars just basically kind of just knocks the gun out of her hand. And then he takes his claw hand and then just swipes her right across the face. And just a big gash, big cut right in her face. I mean, it's actually a pretty good little effect if you can really look at it. You can almost see where the way they made it is almost like you can see tendon and little Mm -hmm. vessels in her face. I mean, it's actually, it it looks pretty good if you really look at it. I thought that was a very good effect that they put on her face. And then Mars just grabs her and starts to pull her down into the cellar now you know she's like screaming for help and trying to stop it and everything and she can't do it because i guess apparently he's just way too strong and she isn't Mm -hmm. going to get out of this and he drags her down the stairs and then he picks her up and then he does an old leather face on her and hangs her on a hook that's what i put in my notes this reminds me of texas chainsaw massacre yeah (laughs) for some reason oh yeah it's because this is pretty similar to that the only thing about texas chainsaw massacre is you never see the hook in the girl yeah this goes straight through yeah this goes straight through her yeah chainsaw massacre was actually a little more subtle than this one by Mm. comparison Mm. and you can tell okay she's done and then Mars just kind of looks there and turns around. And as he turns around, she has she's had this knife on her belt yeah. the whole time, like in a little sheath. She grabs the knife out, and I guess with whatever strength she has left, she stabs Mars right kind of in the back up toward the shoulder, shoulder area. Yeah. And then he, you know, whirls around, and as he does, he knocks one of the candles over. The whole place starts to go up in flames. And the place, as it goes up in flames, you know, you start to see mars just kind of like looking around like oh no my home well, it I mean, shows the bodies yeah all sitting up and well you start to see you see brief glimpses of them yeah and he's like oh my bodies my yeah. collection i guess the house does burn down i mean you never know specifically it or not but you gotta assume right, that the house burns spread down. pretty quick yeah that's what it's i'm wood. thinking it's a wood and it's an old mm-hmm. house and you've seen a bunch of straw and stuff down there in the base yeah. in the cellar there mm-hmm. so nine times out of ten it did yeah and you're right you see glimpses of bodies in the basement Mm -hmm. from the fire and then we cut to max he's coming up the road in his truck and then he comes to a stop as he spots richie walking in the road he richie's walking in the road in a daze it hasn't shown him since he saw something yeah in in the mars house and he asked richie i mean what's wrong are you okay richie just is staring out and he said man man mars is real and then we cut two uh, shots and we see what was it he's seen in the basement. Over, it's like superimposed over Richie's face. It's like his memories. Yeah, his memories. Saw. And you just see this long line of bodies. All his friends. All his friends, everybody mm-hmm. in there in the basement. Even I think you even see some decomposed corpses and that's got to be Mars's family that's mm-hmm. still down there too. We cut to a shot of like, you hear the Madman Mars theme song, which Sherry was supposed to memorize and sing for us oh, on I'm this sorry. episode, and she didn't do it. So she just, <laughs> Sherry ruined the whole episode Aww. by not learning the song. But, oh, well, I guess we'll have to let that ride, everybody. <laughs> and, you know, we see Mars there with the axe and the theme song. And then we go to credits. Yeah, because it kind of shows a pr- scene of the profile of Mad Men walking through the woods with his axe. Yep. I mean, they could have easily done a second one. Well, I was going to get into that later on. Ending credits go out on that cool black and red screen again. Yes. I like that. Yeah, I do too. 
And that ends the story of Madman Mars. And I guess with that, I guess if anything, if you want to read a little bit of trivia, uh, okay. go right ahead and I'll jump in with mine. Okay. Paul Ethler's son, Jonathan Ethler, was born during the shooting of this movie. Paul received the news that Paul his Ellers. wife... Ellers. Paul Ellers. Ellers, yeah, there you go. Paul received the news that his wife was in labor while filming a scene in full madman makeup. Paul went immediately to the hospital and held his newborn son for the first time while he was still wearing makeup and yeah. overalls covered with fake blood. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, because I think I remember at the time, yeah, his wife was eight months pregnant when uh, he started this movie. According to Paul Ellers, the fake feet he wore as part of his Madman Mars costume was very slippery. It nearly caused him to fall out of the tree in the shot where Madman watches the campers in the woods. Oh, I can see that. Because, yeah, if you ain't got no They're grip plastic. on it, yeah, if you ain't got no grip and you're coming down that tree. Yeah, <laughs> I can see that. The production originally wanted Vincent Price for the role of Max. Yeah, I have that here on mine. Yeah, but I don't think they said they could get him because it was a non-union shoot. So they probably wouldn't have been able to get him for this. And the last one I'll do is, originally Madman was supposed to be based on the Cropsy Killer legend. But when word reached the production that The Burning, 1981, was being based on the same legend, the script was rewritten. Yeah, I was actually going to get into a little bit of that myself on what happened there. But I, So that's what you yeah, got? there's not many more. Okay. My thing, I guess I'll start here. The film was made around November of 1980. And the budget was around $350,000. And the movie made just over a million million low over a million all total but the movie was it played for a long time in the theater though so it might have even made more than that i think they said the box office on this a little vague and like you were saying this was originally based on the cropsy urban legend from upstate north carolina or north carolina north upstate new york then around the time of the people that were making madman come to find out there's a movie the burning that was shooting the same time not too far away and yeah. they were using the cropsy legend for theirs so they're like oh shit so we gotta redo <laughs> gotta this. figure something else out so what they did is they just came up with this whole different thing of madman mars and did that instead yeah so this was just all made up by them there's no real such thing as this this was one of those films that like back in the old days was done what they called a regional release where they would only open the film in certain areas of the country. It didn't open all over the United States at one time. That's why it played in theaters and drive-ins for about two years after it came out. So that's why I said, that's why I can't be 100% sure exactly when I seen this. Because it originally got its release around October of 1981 in certain little areas, but then it like moved to other areas and then other areas. It's a play in the South, and then after it done played it south, it would move up toward north, play there, and do these re regional releases. But like I said, I cannot remember exactly. The only thing I can, like I said, I can remember when I seen that theater or in the drive-in is it was cold out. So it had to have been around fall. And it, like I said, they said it played in drive-ins and everything like that and in theaters for at least two years after it was released. So it played a long time. This movie, back in the video nasties time in England back in the 80s, this movie was never prosecuted as a video nasty, but it was seized by police in England during the video nasties panic. Apparently, even though it technically wasn't one, they did grab it anyway. The original title for this film was Madman the Legend Lives, but they had to take that 
last part of the title off because Frank Sinatra was doing a tour at the time called Frank Sinatra, The Legend Lives, something like that. So they was like, well, we don't want to get sued by Frank Sinatra. <laughs> so they decided we'll just cut it down to call it Madman. And then, of course, you know, like we was talking about earlier, how they had to get out there and paint the leaves to make it more look more like summer, which I still don't understand why they would do that, considering there's a thing in the movie where they talked about it's like around Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving. Yeah. So it would already be fall anyway. So why would you even bother doing that? I guess that's that's another stab at Friday the 13th because it was always summer. Yeah, that's my best guess. So, I mean, to me, it's the just... The continuity's not Yeah, it's just it's very, it's very shaky yeah. on that kind of thing. I have to admit, I don't understand that either. Uh, one of the final things I have here is the cast at the time, they, the camp they were at, they pretty much lived there while they were shooting. You know, I guess everybody had their own little place they sleep. And I guess the plus side on doing that is when you're ready to shoot, you could just say, hey, mm-hmm. come on out, you know, <laughs> and come on out and shoot. And after you're yeah. done, you can go back to your room and stay there. You didn't have that, that far to go. By all accounts, this shoot was fairly uneventful from what I was, I was hearing. And I mean, I watched a little bit of some of the stuff on the documentary and they said outside of it being really cold and having mm-hmm. to get things done really quick, they said it was a fairly uneventful shoot. Pretty much it with my trivia here. And I guess if anything, what I'm going to do is I'm going to jump to you and let you uh, give your final thoughts on this movie. I liked it. Yeah, I had never seen it, but it's it's that typical 80s slasher kind of movie. It's kind of a mixture of like a, a lots of different horror movies, like Friday the 13th, Texas Chainsaw. I saw a lot of that. Oh, yes. It. Especially Friday the 13th. It really reminded all the wood scenes and attacks out in the wood. That was just, he was a little bit sloppier than Jason. A little bit. At times. A little bit, yes. Yeah, and that, it reminded me a lot of Friday the 13th. Well, this did come out, this was like made around the time of the big slasher film boom, Mm -hmm. particularly the early 80, 81. After Friday the 13th came out, slasher films were in abundance. I guess it's like the kills and... The scenery is not really unique in this movie, but the storyline's a little bit unique that it was like an actual married man that killed his family. Yeah, yeah. He's not like a supernatural monster creature. He's actually a person. Well, yeah, yeah. I mean, that's, but he was pretty strong, judging by some of the stuff you I think he's strong with insanity. Yeah, there you go. I thought, you know, this. Could have easily danced really cheesy, but it didn't. I didn't think there was a whole lot of cheese in it. No, there was, uh, like we was talking about, a few questionable scenes. The as acting's far as mm, questionable at times. Uh, yes, it um, is. Yeah. But they didn't really need deep characters. No. You know, no. actors to play these characters. Some of the scenes were really creepy to me. Yeah, I agree with you on that. I mean, there was... Uh, Scenes were set up really well in this scene to make them kind of give you that creep factor. I was doing my notes today and I was watching the movie and it was creeping me so bad when she was in that house with him and he was sneaking around her that a notification went off on my phone and it scared the Uh, life out of me. Oh, really? I jumped. Oh wow. Okay. Well, that says a lot. That so it was it was working on me. Well, I could say that right there is the best review you mm-hmm. can give a movie <laughs> when it does that. If you're sitting there in the middle of the day and you're watching something like this and it creeps you out, then well, I it, had it, the lights off in the room and I was like, oh, and it's doing its job. Yeah, the yeah. channel four uh, thing did the loud noise and I was like, oh, 
Yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah. Well, that meant that's the best review you could give a movie Not like Mad this. Madman got me. <laughs> yeah. No, it's just our little cat Sabrina, Mad Madman Sabrina. But I thought he was kind of gross looking. And like how he would just run through the woods and all was kind of creepy to me. It almost made him almost like his... I don't want to say, I mean, I guess I could say kind of like a feral kind of monster. Yeah. Because he never talked. He yeah. never said anything. And yeah. he just growled and yeah, yeah. breathed hard. Yeah, exactly. So I guess if anything, what about, you said the acting and this was a little. Not uh, the best. Not the but, best. you know, I'm sure there's worse out there. Oh, there is. <laughs> Trust me, I've watched some of them. There are far worse than this. Yeah. Yeah, some of them I've watched, I'm like, oh my God, you couldn't have did a second take on that? Yeah, <laughs> you know? some of the kills were really gross, and I thought really decent for, yeah. what did you say, 350000 Yeah, it's around 350000 I think, all total that they so, shot this movie. They kind of kept to their gore roots there. Well, it's like I think we were talking about earlier, is that... They showed the gore stuff, but they showed just enough of it. They didn't linger on it too Mm -hmm. much. And I think that's the best way to do it because it's blunt but effective. You see it and you're like, oh. Yeah, there you go. I think that's what makes it work. I've enjoyed doing the podcast because I thought there was lots of humor in this movie that you could banter about. Yes. No, it it had some funny parts in it, but it was played pretty much like a lot of the early 80s slashers, like pretty straight. They didn't hit self-parody yet. Yeah, the script was pretty simple. Well, yeah. It didn't get too far out where it just gets crazy. Well, it's like the old slasher movies. You set up your characters, then you start knocking them down. You know, (laughs) that's really what you do. Mm -hmm. You know, that's that's the slasher formula. Even though this was before the slasher formula. You know how I kept saying Richie was the final girl. They didn't have a final girl back then yeah. because this was really kind of before that in a I lot guess of ways. They were last man standing. They were setting up the rules of the movies yeah. at the time because you sit there and almost think when Betsy, like, okay, Betsy's going to be the final girl. She's going to go in there yep. and wreck shop and kill Mars and maybe burn his house down and everything. I even put that in my notes that she was the final girl because yeah. I totally forgot about him. Yeah, well, you do because every, every now and again you're in the movie like, oh, there's that motherfucker. Okay. He's still roaming in He started it. Looking, just stumbling around. Yeah. And everybody else is getting killed. Yeah, so this this is one of those movies I said this before some of the rules were firmly established. But I thought it was pretty solid for what it is. Because I know you're not really a big fan of slasher movies for the most part. More than I used to be. Yeah. Because yeah. I, I, with the podcast, I'm watching more. I, I think it's just the whole, I'm here by myself. So I'm in that thought process the whole time. Like, I don't want to watch anything that creeps me out. Yeah. Uh, We're getting a storm coming up here. Yeah, so if you start hearing uh, rumbling, <laughs> that's what this is on the podcast. We got a thunderstorm trying to move into uh, move in around here. So what else do you got? You got anything else you want to say about this movie? Anything no. that jumps out at you? Okay, I guess out of one to ten axes, one being the worst, ten being the best. Where's this fall for you? Like a six, I guess. A six? Okay, yeah. that's still that's not bad yeah. because I mean, like I said, I know you're not a huge fan of slashers. Yeah, and so. it's it's not the best one I've ever seen. Oh no, so, no, I don't think it's the best one I've yeah. ever seen. But I think it's. Uh, I but mean, I, I will give it, it that it scared me well, at times. It made me jump. It creeped me out. Well, that's what these movies are supposed to do. So and it to was me, that lighter, like they didn't just, it, it wasn't like a, just an ugly monster in your face all the time. It was just the, he's in the shadows. He's just, you just see him and then you don't see him. And where is he? Yeah. Kind of thing. Like with Jason or Michael Myers. 
Yeah. Where you always get this point of view kind of situation. Yeah, I can see that. I mean, like I said, well, I mean, I guess to me a six is a good rating for you on a slasher because I yeah. know I didn't, I was kind of worried about this one because I know you're not a big, big fan of slasher I movies. would watch it again. Well, like I said, better rating than I thought. And I guess mine is going to go into, I'm one of these people, this is in my wheelhouse. So to start off here, I'm a big slasher movie guy. I grew up on slasher movies. I have a lot of fondness for them. Even the complete direct ones, I can find some kind of joy in. He cut his teeth on slashers. Yeah, I mean, I grew up watching these things. I remember watching things like the original Friday the 13th on uh, HBO and stuff, being scared to death by that. And this one right here... Is this one of the best ones ever made, like you said? No. No. But I think it works for what it's trying to do. I mean, it moves at a pretty steady clip. The kills are pretty pretty good. You know, like the truck. Yeah. Yeah, the, the um, him jumping on the hood of the truck and cutting a girl's head off and stuff like that. I, I would like to add something to mine. Yeah. I forgot and you were just saying something that made me think of it. I guess there wasn't enough time, but to figure out what his fascination with keeping the bodies. Was it like a serial killer thing? Trophies. Trophies. Okay. Yeah, that's what I say. Okay. It's just trophies. That makes sense. To me, the kills in this are effective. For the most part, they're not terribly creative, but they're effective. You know, and that's what I, I like about it. I like how, you know, like the characters, for example... You don't get this heavy backstory into the characters. You just kind of get a vague idea of who they are, and then you're off to the races on this. I mean, I kind of agree with you. The acting in this wasn't great, I guess, but it it was serviceable. It ain't going to win no Oscars, but it was serviceable. I mean, to me, I think probably the best actor in this movie was the guy that played Max, I think. He was probably about the best one in Mm -hmm. there. I don't know. I like these kinds of movies because I don't really see them made anymore it's always fun to go back and revisit these this film couldn't be made now because you got cell phones could have called each other yeah they could have called, each yeah, other. texted each other something yeah. like that so you couldn't make this movie now so mm-hmm. it's a, almost a nostalgia thing GPS. of like looking back yeah looking back like ah <laughs> uh, you know back then before all this kind of stuff you know like i said the infamous scenes of the hot tub which everybody always talks about which is always a uh, mind-blowing scene to me uh, Ellie going into the refrigerator. Yeah, the hot scene is on my bucket list now. That's yeah. something we're gonna have to do. Yeah, we're gonna have around. to get. Yeah, we're gonna have to get in a big hot tub and just circle each well, other. Well, that was a big tub. Though, yeah, that's what I, I said. I want it. Yeah, I mean that's like. I mean it's almost like a swimming pool in it's there. It's almost like a spa house or something like out in a different like building itself. And it's almost like one of those things I was thinking about. I'm like, oh, so they can have this big ass hot tub, but they got a truck out there that don't run for shit. And kids don't usually get in hot tubs. No, no. I guess this was for the adults. Or that might have been a swingers camp when the kids That's weren't a, there. Yeah, because yeah. yeah, I'm putting it on my bucket list. So yeah. we have to go to a camp, a horror camp, and then get in the hot tub and spin in circles around each other. And get killed by Man Man Mars. Yay! Uh, I don't like the Mad Man Mars part. That don't sound good to me. Um, yeah, I could live without that because I already have to worry about Mad Man Diva Piggy that we well, have Well, I already here. have a picture of you under Christine. We could get a picture of you being killed by Mad Man. Oh, that would be awesome. We got a picture of you, Jason, with his hand around your throat, too. That horror con we yeah, went to. that's right. It I was forgot. the same one that we were with, Christine. I forgot all they about it. They never that. came back. They only came for one year. Yep. Well, those don't do that well around here. There was one in Charlotte. I think it went to Charlotte. It didn't come back here. Yeah, they, they have one every year. They're, as a matter of fact, they got one coming up here 
sometime in the near future, but I can't remember exactly mm. when. I always recommend this to people if they are looking for slasher movies and they're kind of tired. I say, okay, I've watched the Friday the 13th so many times. I've watched Halloween's sequel so many times, whatever. Mm. And if they're looking for something that they haven't seen, this is one of my throw-in recommendations. I say, mm-hmm. here, here's a, here's one to check out if you haven't seen it. I right. think more people have seen this movie now than, say, back 15, 20 years mm-hmm. ago. But I always throw this one out there into a mix, and I say, well, this is a good old-school slasher movie. Checks all the boxes, does what it has to do, and leaves, because your review of it, in a way, sums it up better than mine does. It creeped you out and scared you and mm-hmm. made you jump. So they accomplished that. That's what these movies are made to do. Yeah. And that it did its job. I thought I was going to jump off the couch. Yeah. Well, there you go. So, I mean, to me, that's the best review you can give a movie <laughs> to a movie like this. If it does that to you. My experiences with slasher movies go to that. We're in, going to the theater watching these kinds of movies when I was a kid. Like the new Friday the 13th would come out on a Friday, of course. What? Where was everybody at Friday night? At our local theater. Packed theater we had a balcony and a main floor down there to watch a movie standing room only in there and it was so much fun being in there with people screaming Mm -hmm. and jumping and everything watching these kinds of movies i mean that's an experience i will probably never have again you don't see that anymore you will not have that anymore i don't know when i just watch these movies it's a nostalgia thing it takes me back to because i'm like i miss those days so much and you would go out of the theater after it's over and everybody's just talking about the movie, mm-hmm. talking about their favorite parts and everything. Mm-hmm. It was just so much fun. I think I even went into this in one of the podcasts before, where how reviewers were talking about how these were misogynistic against women, how mm-hmm. women were killed. They never point out how men were killed. There yeah. were just as many men killed in this movie as women, yeah. really, if you think about it. Yeah. You know, they never pointed out, you know, that like, oh, women, you know, why would women like these movies? Why would women like these movies? But yet, when I went to these movies, a lot of time it was groups of girls that would go and see. It wasn't like their boyfriends were dragging these women or these girls to go see these movies. They yeah. were going with their friends. It's like a going on a roller coaster. Yeah, and often women are drawn to like that final girl thing. Yeah. It's like the tough girl. Yeah. And you get to... To watch that. Well, and I think that was the one thing about the Friday the 13th movies, mm-hmm. for example, because you really had that in them. That was one of the things the critics I never could put a finger on why they thought that. They had to like it was so against women. I'm like, women are the ones that usually survive these movies because they're the ones that stand up to the killer and take him out. I mean, we're not talking about the dumb blinds that stumble around in their heels. We're talking about the, the ones that actually have some substance, personality. Or they they take the initiative, take action, and right. kill them. You know, they're scared to death, which rightfully so they would be. They have to overcome that fear and take out the killer of whoever, you know, if it's Jason or whoever. I think what I looked at it as is a lot of these critics were looking for more arty fare. They didn't go to a movie to have a good time. It was about, I won't have my nose up in the air, all snooty, and have my teacup and everything, you know, and a spot of tea and a cucumber sandwich, and I want to watch something classy. Well, don't go on a slasher movie. And they would watch these slasher movies and see how popular they were. They would just be appalled by that. Because I think they assumed people were scared, screaming, and laughing 
you know, I think the laughter would come from, you know, how you get really uh, scared from a movie. And then you and laugh. Then, and then you laugh to kind of... The relief. Yeah, they weren't laughing because the person was being killed. They're laughing just out of... Some yeah. people laugh when they're scared. Yeah, I mean, that's it. <laughs> and I think that's what a lot of these critics looked at. And I just don't... I don't think they really understood the genre. No, no, they didn't. And they still don't to this yeah. day, I think. I've just never seen it through their eyes. And I don't understand what they've seen. I always wished that I could have met Roger Ebert, for example, before mm-hmm. he died. And asked him why he felt that yeah, way. Yeah, and I would love to have sat down with him and talked about that because I could not wrap my brain around it. Him mm-hmm. or Gene Siskel, for that matter. Gene Siskel, I think, in some ways, was even harder on them. I think they're just trying to make them a little bit more complicated than they have to be because slashers are pretty simple. I they have a formula. And most of them stick to that. I could go on and on about this kind of thing. We could do a whole podcast on debating this kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. I mean, like talking about the the video nasties thing. Yeah. On this, for example, like back in the 80s. That's a whole podcast in and of itself. Just talking about how uh, England and Britain, how they banned these mm-hmm. kinds of movies. You could not buy them. Wow. You could not rent them. Well, it's, these were like contraband over there. You would like have to go into dark, deep, dark basements, and <laughs> you got the merchandise. Uh, yeah, yeah, you know it's like a drug deal. That's how you used to get them. I mean, I got a documentary in there called "The Video Nasties." This is a fascinating thing to wow. watch. Just how crazy it got over there. Well, it's like certain groups get something in their minds, and they won't like turn loose of it. No. Like here, remember when the hair band thing the heavy metal thing yeah the uh just, oh they're satanic P- and... pmrc yeah and really the downside to that it falls into what i've said before is if you're trying to ban something that's just gonna make people want to see it even more like music mm-hmm. like books like yep. movies like everything what are you gaining out of doing it they couldn't do that now not with technology no no there's no I, way to keep people from getting it no no but i mean even back then they couldn't really do it yeah. so i mean even more so now <laughs> but as like i said i mean to me this i mean to kind of round back to madman this movie right here is just pretty much the atypical slasher that's really what this movie is mm-hmm. You set your characters up, knock them down. And creative kills, like I said, this one right here has some good creepy moments in it, good creepy shots to it. I mean, I can completely see what you're talking about there. I always love the shot of him in the tree mm-hmm. where you first see it's him. creepy. The, just the shots of him running out of the house like you were talking about. Mm-hmm. Just those little things. Needless to say, from me, you're going to get a high recommendation mm-hmm. of this for... Uh, for me as far as a slasher movie if you're looking for a slasher movie and you want like i said you've watched all the other ones a little too much and you haven't dug into some of the second tier stuff the standalone mm-hmm. stuff this one is a good one to pick up because originally there was supposed to be a sequel to this movie as a matter of fact they were talking about doing a sequel to this movie up until about five years ago and it just never happened i think originally what it was supposed to be richie was going to be the one that was blamed for the murders and Mars escaped. What they was going to do is basically is going to be Richie was maybe convicted of the murders and locked up away in the sanitarium, and Mars continued on. And then of course you kind of come back and you know he's back to killing again, something like yeah. that. That was going to be the jumping off point, I think, but it yeah. never happened. And of course the director's dead now, so yeah. have to be somebody new. Yeah, have to be somebody new doing it. I don't think a sequel to this will ever come to pass. <laughs> but, you know, I think for me, this works 
is a just a good standalone slasher. We could get a camera and go out and run out in the woods. You could chase me. I'm too tired. Jog, jog like yeah. Ellie. Like Ellie. Well, <laughs> just a lot slightly jog. jog. Yeah. Well, that have to be. You'd have to do that because I can't run too much anymore. <laughs> So my light jog would be just a brisk walk. Yeah, you old man. It's like, even if I look at a gentle slope now, I'm just like, I got to walk up that. So I just, I don't know about that. But I guess with that, I'm going to kind of wrap up my long-winded review where I went into a bunch of different things I didn't intend to. Oh, well. Yeah, but it happens. (laughs) But I guess one to ten axes, one being worse, ten being the best. I'm going to rate this as a slasher in and of itself i'm not gonna rate it because if you're going into this looking for high art you're not gonna find it no this isn't what this movie is but for a slasher movie if you want something that's going to check all the slasher boxes for you and deliver and that this movie is going to get a good solid eight for me eight maybe uh, damn near a nine do you think it has the style of being a tv movie no it's better shot than better shot than that yeah it's better shot than a tv movie i think because a lot of TV movies I've seen have this very flat look to them. Mm-hmm. The best looking TV movies I've seen will actually will be one that we're going to have coming up next mm-hmm. month. Two of them we have coming up next month. Yeah. Those are two of the better looking TV movies. But most TV movies I see look very bland, very mm-hmm. flat looking. This movie, I will give credit to it. The lighting is pretty good. You know, it's got that kind of blue filter lighting at mm-hmm. times that they use. It's not overpowering, but just yeah. enough. Not day for night. Which is amazing to me when you watch this movie because Richie's like roaming around his house with no electricity in it. But and yet he's he, reading a book. Yeah, and he can see everything. So apparently <laughs> there's some good lighting in his house from the moonlight. Yeah, I mean, like I said, this is a good solid eight, nearly a nine as far as a slasher movie is concerned because... Like I said, it checks all the boxes to Mm -hmm. me. And for a slasher movie, this one delivers the goods. But I guess with that, that is going to wrap up the review. And I'm going to toss out a few little extra slasher movie picks for you. I don't have any. You don't have any? I didn't do my homework. Yeah, well, I mean, these are going to just be little quick recommends. And Mm -hmm. like I said, most slasher fans have probably seen these. But I Mm -hmm. figured these might make a good double bill with like a standalone slasher movies. You know, nothing in the franchises or anything. And the first one is The Prowler from 1981, which was originally one I was going to do this month. It got dropped because I was trying to figure out which ones to do. And this one was on the list to do. And it just fell out. I, I would still like to do it again at some point. But, you know, maybe if we decide to, we can do another slasher month and I can throw that in there in the mix. But this one involves the murders that took place in the... After a World War II veteran comes back and he kills, I think he kills his girlfriend and a guy she was seeing or something like that. And then you cut to a number of years later and these murders start happening again with a guy dressed in an old World War II kind of looking. He's pretty uniform. cool looking. Yeah. This one is it's a pretty decent slasher. To me, the only problem I have with this movie is the pacing of it. It's a little bit off at times. You know how Madman kind of moves at a pretty good clip. This one right here tends to have a little bit of laggy parts to it that I think they could have trimmed it up a little bit more. But despite that, I think this one's good. It's got some good kill scenes in it, too. Yeah. It's got some very effective kills in it. This was uh, Tom Savini who did the kill scenes from original Friday 13th, Dawn of the Dead, you know, you name it. He's big into this, so everybody knows who he is that knows about makeup effects. 
But like I said, that's the Prowler, and that's that comes as a high recommend for this. And the second one I have is Final Exam from also in 1981. This is one that basically pretty much rips off Halloween in a lot of ways. <laughs> right down to a scene where one of the girls is in her dorm, and she's like looking out the window, and she sees the killer standing out there yeah. in the trees mm-hmm. and everything. The only problem I have with this one is the killer is just a guy. He doesn't have a mask on. It's just a random looking guy, which works for me in a way that you don't know why he's doing it. He's just, and he just appears and he just starts killing people. I like that part of it, but I always kind of felt like he should have had a mask of some kind. That yeah. would have made it all complete to me. Yeah. But this is one I hated it the first time I seen it. And the reason I hated it so much is because I couldn't see it. The old videotapes of this were so dark, or at least the ones I seen were so dark, I could not make out what was going on. And I was like, this movie sucks. Whoever shot this movie is like they put, you know, just turned all the lights off and filmed the movie. And then, of course, later on over the years, a better version. I seen better copy of it. Mm-hmm. And I could see, I was like, okay, I can kind of see, see what's going on here now. I mean... It is what it is. I mean, it has some pretty good kills. Not the best ever, but I think it's a pretty solid slasher film. I mean, I do enjoy it. I wish I could have got my hands on the novelization of this movie because I heard it's a very interesting read, but I never was able to get my hands on it, and it goes for a high dollar now. The last one I'm going to throw out here is another one that I was considering for this month and I didn't do, and that's My Bloody Valentine from 1981. Probably, to me, one of the best of the early 80s slashers and you did watch this one with me that's right okay i thought i remembered you sitting out watching it was my first time seeing it but i really liked it yeah and this is the story of harry warden who Mm -hmm. apparently after a bad thing happened in the mines with him he uh quote unquote escapes from the mental asylum and starts killing people in the town that he was in with a pickaxe and a miner's, uh, he's in a miner's outfit. Yep. But of course, toward the end of the movie, there's a little twist that happens and mm-hmm. you kind of see like, oh, well, Ooh. maybe everything isn't as it appears. Mm-hmm. Now, this is one that I loved it from the first time I seen it and I still enjoy it now. I remember I had a, this was no one like Madman. I had a videotape of it for years up until my VCR snapped it and it was done. <laughs> And it was like one of those, you, I don't know if you remember back when you was a kid, you would buy, get videotapes around at times and it was very heavy. Mm-hmm. Like it felt like a brick yeah. inside there. This was the way this videotape was. It was like <laughs> heavy. I still, that's one thing I still remember about this one. It was like a very heavy video cassette. Like I said, this is one another one I would like to do on a podcast at some point because I think there's a lot to talk about this one from the 80s slashers. And actually, the remake of this movie is pretty good, too. Mm-hmm. The 3D, My Bloody Valentine 3D. I mean, they take the basic ideas of this movie and do mm-hmm. some different stuff yeah. with it. And I thought that one was pretty solid as well. But like I said, I just wanted to throw out a couple of slasher recommendations for this. You know, like I said, if you decide you want to watch Madman one night, Maybe these are three you could throw in there with it. Do you a little double feature of some slasher movies? I mean, do you have anything you want to say about any of these or any that pop in your mind you want to recommend? That's what I was thinking. I, I don't know. You ain't got nothing off the top of your there head? There probably is one, but... Yeah. What's the one where the person was sitting... Is it birthday? Happy, Happy birthday, birthday to me. me. Yeah, I like that one. We watched that one one night, mm-hmm. didn't we? I thought I remember you watching it. Yeah. yeah, that one's very good, too. Yeah. And I'll always love April Fool's Day. 
another one with an interesting twist at the end that made a lot of people mad. But when you watch the, when you look at the title, the ending makes sense. Duh. Yeah, but a lot of people did not like that. Just the same. But I guess uh, if if that's it, I guess what we'll do is we'll go ahead and wrap up the episode here. Yeah, we're not going to do a list. You no, did a short I, list. I, I technically did a list. Yeah, I didn't do my homework. But um, <laughs> oh, a bad student. Well, no, you didn't even do the Madman song for us. You were supposed to sing that, so you really dropped the ball in this episode. A demerit for you. I guess uh, if anything, uh, drop us an email at themovieclinic at gmail dot com, and that's T H A, not T H E. Go to movieclinic.com mm-hmm. to download the episodes. Yep. And, or you can go to any of your podcast providers, whichever mm-hmm. one you listen to them on, Podbay, Player FM. We're going to try to stay on Spotify, but they're getting a little, yeah, little out there. Yeah, they're getting they're a little out there. So, so, I mean, and I've listened to a few other podcasts <laughs> that they're having similar trouble as far yeah. as Spotify. So, I went through, it took me over a week and edited all our music to something else so hopefully we haven't heard anything else so hopefully we'll scrape by and we're just going forward we're gonna do different stuff yeah but don't be too shocked if one day we just drop off yeah we're not on there anymore because i think there's a few podcasts that say that they might not even be on there much longer as well so but we'll just have to play it and see how it goes but like i said if we've got a website it's there yeah it's there and like i said you know the podcast is on pod bay player Mm -hmm. fm places like that so feel free to check us out there the facebook page any comments any uh questions you can Mm -hmm. drop them there as well try to post articles on there movie related and things Mm -hmm. like that to read and check out any news that i can uh, that i spot i always drop things on there but I guess with that, if you don't have anything else more, no. I guess uh, we'll go ahead and shut it down right here. And until next time, I'm David. I'm Sherry. And we'll talk to you again soon. Bye. Bye.